1: I'm not talking There's about this on the I'm, I'm not talking about this On the podcast <laughs>
2: The whole ass virus Going around <laughs> And then you're gonna sit here And breathe all over my mic man
3: <laughs> You are now listening To the hottest true crime podcast
0: In the street
1: Hello, hello.
4: It's <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, hello. And welcome. To, hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh
3: yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman.
0: Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gone
2: postal. I'm postal. What up? It's Fran, what's
1: going on, man? How are you doing, man? I'm 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 doing great. How are you doing? sorry i'd sip a beer yeah i'm doing great man it's a lovely saturday are you uh, yeah no okay. i'm doing fantastic everything's great nothing you want to talk about Oh, no all right. no, no. i mean i have tons of stuff on the docket we'll get to oh, it okay eventually. cool but uh how you doing man how's your weekend going how's life how was your week let's talk about it man uh, His father too man how's that what's that yes. like man oh uh, wish i had that reba music queued up busy. for you you know what that's like busy Sophia's first day of school was this week Tell me, Whoa. I'm gonna walk me through the I'm gonna sing Reba while you walk me through those emotions. I don't emotions. want you to sing that. No. no, I'm gonna do it gently in the background. Go ahead. So no, tell me wh- your daughter going to is this she's never been to school, right? This is her first time in school? She did pre-K. But like this is, but like this real is school. kindergarten. Okay. Talk me through those emotions, man. Um emotions? Yeah, yeah. The feelings. Um lips are
2: playing. Uh let's see. I'm not the first time when we when she was going to school as pre-K. Uh, can you not Can you not do that? I don't want to hear that. I'm setting the scene, bro. No, I don't wanna you throw me off. I'm throwing you off. Yes. I okay, want to hear. That. Okay, okay. Sorry. I like Reba, but I don't want to hear Reba right now. Okay, but um, I was I was fine because the first time I got emotional was when she went to pre K and it was like, oh, oh she so already got it out. I got it out.
1: Got it. But so um, she already did the whole thing where you know she like goes to the nurse and is like, I don't want to be here. She got that no, out she didn't already. Do that. She didn't do that. That never happened. No. I know. So I see videos. Of kids do that sometimes. We're like, no, I no, don't. No. You don't leave me here.
2: Mm. Uh, Stuff got a little bit emotional because we can't. I think because of the COVID, we can't walk them into mm, the, class. the class we gotta let we gotta drop her off at the door
1: got and it. she was like
2: no you're taking me to class and he was like no teacher has to take well
1: it. at least you knew ahead of time right yeah, yeah, yeah. so steph so you got, didn't steph she didn't think like, she was gonna do that right that's good because so if you would have got, got to the way. door and it's like that's far enough right right, right right that's a whole different yeah. type but of sophia deal. didn't know
2: so um so steph got a little bit emotional for that but I got it um you know it was it's life
1: man it's a beautiful thing about having kids i don't know what that's like but it's, i think as a beauty and like watching them grow up yeah as you slowly drift into obscurity you know like you just slowly Damn. drift off and it's like they take your essence from you and it you they're like use you you're you're their you're like um feeding their roots yeah i don't put it that way that's a good analogy for it I guess. how would you describe it i don't know going to school, and that's it? <laughs> you went way too deep with that shit. Fair no, that's cool, man. They're going to school. Yeah, they are we, going to we school. We the same thing. We did the... I don't know where this conversation was going. Bro, I'm in a dark space right now, and I'm not going to get into it, but I'm, yeah. in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a dark space right now. We're going to move forward with, right. some, with some lighthearted news. Cool. Hey, friend. do you like TikTok? <laughs> do you like TikTok? Uh, sure. Okay. Depends. Are you familiar with the Paul brothers? No. Jake Paul, Logan Paul. Oh, yeah, boxers. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a boxer. The I'm Paul wrestling. brothers. I don't... I think mean, that's what they're, they're Pauls and their brothers, right? Yeah. So um, they're big on TikTok. Yeah, there's a TikTok that went viral recently. I don't know how much I believe a part of it, which I'll get into. Mm-hmm. This guy looked at Logan Paul mm-hmm. and thought, "And this dude's so cool." He looked at that guy and went, "This dude's so cool, man." Just like pretending to be black, a word that we don't even use anymore because it's derogatory and offensive. But it's the best word to describe them, and nobody should use this word anymore. But it, it's the only word I have to describe them. Are they're kind of wiggery, mm. which is that word is kind of you know controversial, yeah. but that's what they are. They wear jewelry and the rap and oh wiggery. look at us, <laughs> look we're look we're urban, right? Yeah. Um, this guy looked at Logan Paul and said, "Man, that dude is a dope. I want to work for him." Okay. He allegedly and claims on it on like a whole TikTok series. He did a series of TikToks mm-hmm. that he quit his job to go to a Logan Paul event and tell him or ask him to hire him to be like his tiktok intern okay right so the videos are pathetic he comes up to him he's like logan man and i think logan Oh, he, he recorded himself doing yeah he, oh, he's for content okay everything's about content um so logan paul is logan paul i guess there's like a a subsection or a subgenre of tiktok where people sneak into events yeah, I saw I one it, I before where like somebody lot. snuck into the Kanye West event. And I was I like, "If that was a terrorist, this wouldn't be funny." I don't know why this is going viral. Like, he's like, "Oh, look! I made a laminated pass. Oh man, I snuck past security yeah. with my camera bag. And they thought I was a camera person, and I got all the way, all the way to the front of the event for Donda." Mm. But he, so Logan Paul was coming at him with that energy, like, "Oh, did you sneak in? You're filming it? Oh, okay. Oh, uh, he's one of those videos where you sneak." He's like, "No, no, seriously, man. I just, um, I, I was, I was working a job. I was making hundred thousand dollars a year." What? You heard me right. I was making hundred thousand dollars a year, but I quit that job to come here. That's insane. and I wanted to because I wanted to work. I wanted you to hire me. And he's like, "What do you do, man? I dance." He just started naming things that people do on TikTok, as if there's like like hobbies. Yeah, like as if it as if it's like his uh what, what resume. This is resume. Yeah, like he's like <laughs> I dance. I know how to hit the. I know how to hit the whoa. Um, <laughs> I give really good insight on memes. Like, I, if you put a meme behind me, I have a whole bunch of thoughts on it. Um, and I'm really good at uh, um, duetting other people's Is this TikToks. what this world is coming to? Very much so. They all just like are practicing how to do choreography. Yeah. But none of them want to be choreographers or something where you could make money, make money? doing it. Yeah. yeah they're like, no, I just do it for TikTok. So it's a crazy world. Anyway, the dude. Wow. The dude is like, Jake, man. I mean, Logan, man, please, you know, just hire me. And then I kind of gained respect. Funny enough, all this disrespect of Logan Paul I gained respect because what he said to him was, bro, listen, I'm a fuck up. I'm the last thing I need to do is mentor somebody like i need a mentor so no the dude goes and the the tiktok after that is him crying in his car like why would i, why would I come out here i don't know how much yeah. of it is true but like the dude says he gave up a six-figure job to come and he quit yes. he didn't take sick days or a, <laughs> a vacation <laughs> yeah it was like nah i qu- he wanted that I quit in, in the scenario because i don't know if i believe it but in the scenario he goes you know what i've been fucking wasting my time away in this hedge fund and I just I want to do TikTok dances to K-pop songs. That's what I'm meant to be. That's my role in life. That's my trajectory. And that's what I'm truly meant to be. Hey, boss, I quit. Yeah. And he walked out of his job, bro. Six figs. Yep. And I ain't talking Newtons. <laughs>
2: uh, I should walk out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: No, but seriously, though, you, he's man. really stupid, man. That's a really stupid thing to do. Why would you do that? You could just take a vacation, like take some sick days and just come back. Just come back. Hold on a
0: second, man. <laughs> see that bullshit? Did <laughs> just move?
1: Didn't like that one. That was good, man. <laughs> you weren't a fan of that one? I thought it was good, man. <laughs> I hate you, man. Uh, <laughs> no, but I just thought that was crazy. That was. <laughs> You know what's funny is when people do that shit on TV
4: and they bust out (laughs) (laughs) out laughing like it's the funniest joke
2: they ever heard or said anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I felt good about it. I thought it was a good one. Oh, man. No, but uh, again, I don't have much to get into. The world is crazy, obviously. One thing I wanted to touch on briefly, um, as two men, I don't want to overstep or speak on things that don't have anything to do with me. I think that a woman's body is her body and she's free to make whatever choices that she wants. But there's been some very drastic law changes in, in Texas and um, they've been insane. So basically uh, Texas has now put in place that um, there are no exemptions not that there even should be as exempt. I don't even think that's, that's a good word to describe it. But if you are sexually assaulted and that results in you getting pregnant, you are still up for prosecution for the crime mm-hmm. of an abortion in Texas now under the new laws. If you drive somebody to an abortion clinic or you like have any knowledge of a person getting an abortion, you are open to being sued by somebody who just finds that to be distasteful. So if your neighbor gets an abortion and I know and, and you know, or you drove them to the or an Uber Mm -hmm. or but you, you as a friend, you drove them to the clinic to get that done. If the neighbor on the other side is like, I'm a Christian and I just think that that's wrong. Yeah, I'm taking you to small claims court. I'm going to sue you for ten thousand dollars what i just think it's wrong i think it's distasteful and i don't think that that's cool to to do my money yeah and that's 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 legal it's legal to do now and the scary part is a lot of people now are going oh my god texas is terrible but what's really scary is the states that might follow suit Mm. the floridas the alabamas the mississippi i mean like there's going to be other states who look at what's happening there and look at their conservative constituency in their state and go this would this would keep me in office for the next decade if I passed this new abortion ban. Mm. So I think this could cause like a wave of really horrible, evil things to happen. And again, I've never had a child. I'm not a person with a uterus. I have no uh, you know ability to do that thing. So I don't think it's any of my business. Mm-hmm. And that's where I leave it. But the sad reality is that in the United States, there's a bunch of old white men mostly making decisions on what... Women and people with their uterus, uteruses are allowed to do with their bodies, yeah. and that's the fucking sick sad world that we live in. Yeah, where when and nobody wants to talk about how pregnancies can lead to death. Sometimes, like mm-hmm. sometimes, it's not just like <laughs> I was having a baby, crazy yeah, yeah. night at One Oak and then I got pregnant and I'm gonna go k- murder this baby because fuck babies. Like it's th- that's what this this demonization of abortion has become. Where it's like they make it out like women just love getting abortions. These mm-hmm. sinners. Where there's all kinds of medical complications yeah. and all kinds of things that could come come up. Yeah. Or how about this? We just came through a whole fucking pandemic. people are fucking destitute being kicked out of apartments left and right. the eviction moratorium just got lifted. How about I'm not in a position to take care of a child and yeah. I think that I don't think that I should make that decision because you know what also is a, sick, a super sick and fucked up reality is when these kids are born, none of these the governor of Texas or flo- fucking Greg Abbott, none of these people Ron DeSantis, none of them give a shit about your a baby. Yeah. Or a kid that's hungry. Yeah. They don't care.
2: Babies getting left in dumpsters. and all Yeah, all and of that shit that, that happens. How, yeah. about, how, about, how
1: about all that? How about how fucked up the fucking adoption system is and, and, and all those sick, evil things? Yeah. No, no, that's no. We don't care about that. If a woman is pregnant, she has to have the baby. Now, what happens to that baby after that? That's not my concern. That's the world we live in. So again, as a, as a man and a person who doesn't have a uterus... I don't think it's my position to tell people who who do do that and Mm -hmm. have to make those decisions how they can, what they can. That's not my space to do that. But we do live in a world where men are doing that. And so I felt like it was important to speak on it because our audience is mostly women. Yeah, I I felt like this is another one of those situations where it doesn't affect me realistically. Mm -hmm. So I could just shut the fuck up and not be affected. Yeah, But there's nothing cool about that. Right. To just be silent like oh it's not me So oh well There's nothing cool about that in any situation So you know I just felt like it was necessary To say we are Not okay with that Uh, I don't really know what we can do But if people can point us in the direction of Links to share and any of that kind of stuff We'll use whatever meager platform we have To help spread awareness on ways that people can fight back That's you know That's my feelings on that But uh yeah let's go ahead And get into the shout outs Mm -hmm oh yeah it's time for some shout outs once again uh much love and appreciation to everybody who's joined the patreon recently i have officially submitted the order for the next wave of shirts that will take another 30 days or so for them to get printed out and then they will start to be shipped out thank you guys who bought a shirt much appreciated thank you so much for the support let's kick things off with uh some of these new patreon subscribers up first we got justine shout out to justine much love and appreciation thank you very much you are a true serial killer up next, we got Kamisha G. Shout out to Kamisha. Much love. We have some correspondence on Instagram. She's uh, she's the homie. Shout out to her. Up next, we got Lydia S. Shout out to Lydia. Much love, Lydia. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Up next, we got Lawless Imagination. That can't be a person. That must be some <laughs> kind of business or something like that. So I feel comfortable saying the whole thing. Shout out to you, Lawless Imagination. Uh, thank you for joining. Up next, we got Sierra T. Shout out to Sierra T. Much love and appreciation. Thank you for joining the Patreon. And uh, lastly, we got Victoria C. Shout out to Victoria C. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Much appreciated. You are a true serial killer. The uh, the the uh, the the love and the support is much appreciated. Now, friend. Typically, yes. what I do is when I do um, reviews and things that I talk about that I've seen, we mm-hmm. do we do it at the end. Okay. But I wanted to layer what I'm about to say with I have to make an amendment to last week's podcast before we go into the break. Okay. So I saw shang chi uh Chang shang chi this past weekend, the new marvel movie okay right and they make a really big point is out on what i'm not sure if it's out on any like demand i went to the movie theater
2: oh shit okay yeah it
1: was a really it was i missed movie theaters man i I really i I was like i I thought i thought the new video on demand format where everything just goes to that i was like whatever who needs to leave their house yeah what day was this friday this was friday oh yesterday yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but you know it's Monday when come, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Friday. Okay, yeah. Friday. But I went. I saw Shang Chi. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal movie. And they make a point. I thought it was really cool. So the the character's name. What they do is he has like an American name in the movie. His mm-hmm. name's Sean. Okay. And I thought that was a very subtle way to get people prepared to say his name properly because you're like, oh, his name's Sean. Mm-hmm. And then at you know at some point in the movie he goes, my name isn't Sean. It's Shang. Okay. And it really was this really cool way to get people used to saying the name right, because really how we say it, we're American and stupid. We go, oh, (laughs) Shang-Chi? Yeah, Shang-Chi just came out. I'm going to go see that. I don't feel like you could watch the movie and then still say the name wrong. Like they told you what their name was, Mm. respect them enough to say the name the right way. Yeah. Right? So I I watched Shang-Chi. I thought it was a great movie. I thought that it was great Asian representation. Now, I was going into it thinking it was going to be like Asian Black Panther, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't as like, the culture, like I, I mean, I'm not Asian, so maybe I missed a lot of the things yeah. I mean obviously there was there was a bunch of different Asian people and people from different parts of Asia and Pacific Islanders and all that stuff, yeah, but I might have missed the I just know how I felt when I saw Black Panther. Okay. And maybe Asian people felt that way when they watched Shangq, yeah, I don't know I, but I, I still was like, oh my God, it's so cool you seeing people speak Mandarin in a movie and uh, mm. all of that I saw in the the, the wardrobes and the, the sets, but you know, there was nobody in. The movie theater, and maybe it's cause of COVID, but there was nobody in the movie theater. Like, look, I'm Shang Chi. Yes. Like, I mean, Black Panther was crazy. Yeah, people were in there in dashikis and shit. It was a, but I don't want to compare. Oh yeah, I don't want to compare. It was still a beautiful movie to see, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I'm a big fan of Simu Liu, who is the who is Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. And if I said his name wrong, my bad. This kind of defeats the purpose. of Everything I'm saying, I didn't mean to say his name wrong. But he was in, he's in the show called Kim's Convenience. I've been a big fan of him. I think he's great, and it's cool to see him get this big boost. Like he's now in the Marvel movies, right? But uh, my whole point to bring it back around is there was a person who joined the Patreon last week and we were like, "Yes, her name, Salid, is it S- S- What? what is it? It's Kaylee. Mm. It's a Gaelic name from Scotland. Okay. And I just wanted to give Kaylee her flowers and say, hey, my bad. What Sorry. is it? How do you say it again? Kaylee. Like Kaylee. Oh, this is Kaylee. Oh. Yeah. Like Kaylee. Like. Okay. Like the regular. Yeah. Everyday name. Is spelled. That is it yeah. Spelled? It's just spelled Different. in Gaelic. Right. If somebody will say your name wrong, it's it's such a disregard for you as a person.
2: People say my name wrong
1: all the time. What are, what are some of the things they say?
2: Oh, Frankel! I can't <laughs> stand that.
1: Frankel, that's crazy. Frankel, Frank. I was like, what? Yeah, well, but my what I'm saying to you is, that Well, ask. Yeah, yeah. And you're a confident guy, so maybe it doesn't affect you the same way. But I think that that's a wrong way to get off. And a lot of times with people with names that might not be culturally normal or you know everyday names they just accept that you say their name wrong. Your name is important, it's who you are, and if somebody will dismiss your name, they'll dismiss you as a person. Mm. So I would never want to make somebody feel dismissed, so I wanted to yeah. make sure Kaylee knew, hey, I got you, your name is Kaylee. And I felt that, I've I've felt this for some time, because uh, I did a podcast with a friend of mine named Nassim Khalili, um, and her podcast is called Nostalgia, it's a great podcast. And on one of her episodes, she was talking about how the, there's power in your name and people mm-hmm. will say my name all the time wrong, my name wrong all the time and I just go it's fine whatever but as I got older I went making sure I go hey no that's not how you say my name that's what I used to do what I used to, I used to just be like whatever It's funny. yeah but no as adults your name is who is who you are so yeah. if they're disrespecting your name they're disrespecting you and I'll fucking take the name I know how to say Timothy Chalamet I know how to say Ansel Elgort I know how to say all these actors names so if I don't know how to say Simu Liu if I'm saying his name wrong again, that's my bad. But if, but let's just go with the name of the movie because that's what was established. Mm-hmm. I might be saying the, the character who plays him name, his name wrong. But I know everybody's going this weekend, man, just saw Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi was dope. So and to watch the movie and still do that is purely disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So I'm just calling on everybody. It's just those little things. It's a, it's a way to train your mind and become a better person. You watch the movie. He said in the movie, my name is Shang-Chi. So, say that. So what can, did you say? You I was saying that. Saying I saying didn't know. It? Yeah, I'm the fuck. I didn't read the fucking comic books. I yeah, just yeah. I was I said it phonetically. Yeah. S h a n g, c h i. Shang, Shang Chi. Chi. Yeah. But when you go watch the movie, it, it'll, be like, tell if, you. Yeah, it'll be like. Yeah, it will be like if you're going like my name is Frank. So and they're like anyway, Frankel. Uh, yeah. It's like I just said it. I just told you. I just told you my name, and you're like well, anyway. So I just think that that's a fun little way to. You know, curb your ignorance. Mm-hmm. This whole notion is like, oh, your name's too hard to say. So I just won't say it. Some people do that, man. Just being uh, confidently wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's more disrespectful than being like, ah, not even going to try that one. That's a hard. That's a hard one for me. Is it? My name is. Uh, not oh. your name. There's harder that's names crazy. out there. Than right. Yours. Like, but they not like, even try though. Like Shatheed or Sharkeisha. If I saw Shatheed on a piece of paper, I would say, that's, that's shithead. But it's not. No. It's Shatheed. Yeah. So I'm not gonna go, oh, I thought it was shithead. Anyway, <laughs> I'll just call you that forever now and I'll never Disrespect. get your name right. Yeah, that's pretty disrespectful, disrespectful man. Yes. Your name is your name. Like uh they say in the wire. So what I'm encouraging people to do is take the lessons from Shang from, from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from Shang-Chi. <laughs> it's what it looks like when you it's spelled on paper. But take the lessons that you learned <laughs> from Shang-Chi and just, you know, respect the power in somebody's name. Yeah. You could really put somebody on a different pathway throughout their day. By saying their name wrong and then being like, Oh, no, it's too hard. You get it. So fuck you. Basically is what you say. I don't i will never get that right. You have a nickname? That one. anything like that. Yeah. I haven't experienced that because my name's Alvin. She was going, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bet Got you it. never heard that Got one before. To that. <laughs> and I gotta go, oh, oh, oh that's good. That was hilarious. You're funny. Did they ask you your favorite, favorite? No, they asked <laughs> like they go, Where's Simon and Theodore at? <laughs> oh man anyway though uh so the cups are over there in the corner and uh your food will be done in about five minutes anyway like that's a, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that's the it's the it's been the same jokes for 29 years yeah.
2: sing us a song oh you
1: sing they're like they go no they go alvin alvin <laughs> i'm just messing with you so if you take a left there and you it's always somebody doing the thing after. can you help me do what i'm trying to do oh man that's funny <laughs> so, <laughs> But no, uh, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, that's one of our turns to um, tell you guys some fucked up shit. We'll figure that out in the break. So uh, stick
0: around. Welcome
2: back. Hey, man, they need to... Gotta give me a nickname, man. Who? Me.
1: Your name is Fran.
2: Fran is... I'm Fran the historian now, man. Oh,
1: Jesus. What's this? Oh, my God. You yeah, got some other... Some new yes, depressing... Yes, man.
2: Yes. Massacre? I'm letting them all out, man. This is the Colfax... I, I, respe- I appreciate it. And I respect it. Colfax
1: massacre, man. The Colfax Max
2: Massacre? Yes. I've never heard of that. Kofax. Where is Kofax? Louisiana. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. I remember this story about heart. Oh, you, oh i was like oh he said it very louisiana. confidently he didn't have his notes in front of him <laughs> so this is the colfax massacre colfax colfax with an l yes got gotcha you, gotcha you. colfax massacre in louisiana man i mean these stories the, the elaine massacre was in um arkansas yeah that was two weeks ago the one i did last week was a, a those aren't
1: those aren't close to each other what's your point
2: yeah, but I'm just saying that the ones I've I've done is these are different. different oh, they're states. different states. Yes. Oh, okay. One I
1: did last week was in Florida. This one's in Louisiana. Yes. Also, well, only one of them is on my no fly state. My float no fly list. Or Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've a reason to Arkansas. Ever. Yeah. Somebody was like, "Well, you know, we have a really good museum here." I was like, ah, "Sure." You know, who else has great museums. Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep your museum. I'm sure it's great. Be disrespectful, man. I didn't mean to. No, I didn't mean to. <laughs> that was condescending. That's my bad. It's <laughs> fucked up. Oh, do you have a museum? <laughs> They're lying. Just. Uh, so here we go. Fearful
2: that the Democrats might try to take over the local parish government, black people started to create trenches around the courthouse and drill to keep alert. Mm. So they gather around the courthouse. So it's start like voting again. Yes, sir. Mm. Kind of like this. I don't know. Uh, they dug in. St- yeah, so they can just protect. Mm-hmm. You know when the, when the, when, when, the they clans, when they come, when they come, try to drag, drag them, them when off. The clans, trying yeah, to
1: get them, they're dug in, They got they got some hunches digging. Yep. And so when they go try to grab them and pull them away, it's not as easy.
2: Yes. Or they can't go in and stop stop them doing whatever they're doing. Hold them. Yeah, voting yeah. and whatever yes. things they had planned. So the Republican office holders stayed there overnight. They held the they held the town, they held the town for three weeks. So he did this for three weeks mm-hmm. on March twenty eighth. Nash, Casbat, and Hadnot, and other white fusionists called for armed whites to retake the courthouse on April 1st. Whites were recruited from nearby Wynn and surrounded parishes to join their effort. Republicans Shaw, Register, and Flowers and others began to collect a posse of armed blacks to defend the courthouse. Black Republicans, um, Louis Meekins, and the state militia Captain Williams Ward, a black union veteran, raided the homes of opposition, uh, I mean, sorry, of the opposition leaders, Judge William R. Rutland and Bill Crushane, and Jim Hadnott. Gunfire erupted between whites and blacks on April 2nd and again on April 5th, but the shotguns were too inaccurate to do any harm. Imagine just be like, just, uh, sh- just a gunfight. And just firing like, blindly. Nobody's just getting hit. It's like. Just shotguns. Just blast, Just, just blast yeah. all everywhere where nobody's going to hit. Chaos. So the two sides arranged for peace negotiations. Peace ended when a white man shot and killed a black man named Jesse McKinney. Described as a bystander. Another mm. armed conflict on April 6th ended with whites fleeing from armed blacks. With all the unrest in the community, black women and children joined men at the courthouse for protection. Mm. William Ward, the commanding officer of Company A, 6th Infantry Regiment, Louisiana State Militia, headquartered in Grant Parish and had elected, had been elected state representative from the parish on the re- Republican ticket. He wrote to Governor Kellogg seeking U.S. troops for reinforcement and gave the letter to William Smith Calhoun for delivery. Calhoun took the steamboat LaBelle down the Red River, but was captured by Paul Hull, Hadnot, and Crewshank they ordered Calhoun to tell blacks to leave the courthouse. Mm. The black defenders refused to leave, although threatened by parties of armed white command commanded by Nash to recruit men during the, the rising political tension. Nash had contributed to um, rumors that blacks were preparing to kill all the white men and take the white men, take the white, take the white woman as their own. This playbook is so, it's, it's the, the same. same. It's the, it's same, the same like same. three plays.
1: <laughs> it's the same. They're going to, they're going to, Rape your women and they're gonna kill your children. They're yeah. gonna rise up and re- get revenge, and it works every time. Yeah, every time it works. It's it's, it's like bec- because the reality is it, it doesn't need to work, they just are ready to go at yeah. any given time. It's like all you all they need is a little bit of encouragement to go and do these things at this time.
2: Yeah, well, on April 8th, the anti Republican newspaper of New Orleans inflamed tension and distorted events by the following headline. The riot in Grant Parish, fearful atrocities by the Negroes, no respect shown to the dead. It's a huge lie for everybody. all these white people to get riled up. Yeah. So such news attracted more whites from the region to Grant Parish to join Nash.
1: I've been waiting for this.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm going, I'm volunteering to join. Load the truck up. Yep. So all, um, all were experienced Confederate veterans. So these people... <laughs> You know, this is after Civil War, so it's like I'm not doing shit. Yeah. Oh, we get to load it back up. Yeah. You pull the gun. They pull the gun off the fucking. They got it hanging on the wall or some shit.
1: Oh, it's human. Dust nature. it off. I mind my business, man. Let's go, man. You, you'd be amazed at how how good I am in minding my business. It's it's amazing. You know. Yeah. Especially when you talk about like knowingly going to do violence. Yeah. Like if you bring your gun, you must and think drive. There's a and chance. Drive miles. Cross state lines to yeah. and
2: to like get away with it. So again, they were all experienced Confederate veterans. They all they acquired a four pound cannon that could fire iron slugs. Oh. They put out a cannon, bro. Went old school, medieval. Yes. As the Klansman David Paul said, I was when I hear Klansman, I want to laugh every time I hear it.
1: And they all, I don't like how they just put it on there like it's a like it's a doctor. Yes, like, Klansman. Like those are his that's his that's his uh his pronoun. Klansman. Klansman Dave, Klansman Paul. Dave Paul, Dave Paul. So, th- as
2: the Klansman Dave Paul said, "Boys, this is a struggle for white supremacy."
1: Mm-hmm. I like the, the yeah. Put a, a drawl yeah. on a there. little bit of fog uh, we'll on, leg on yeah. there. Is that what you trade? Is that what you yeah. uh, used to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to find? That's, I said all. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, suffering from tuberculosis and rheumatism. On April 11th, the militia Captain Ward took a steamboat downriver to New Orleans to to seek armed help directly from Kellogg. He was not there for the following events. Got everybody sick. Yep. So Casbat had directed Nash as sheriff to put down what he called a riot. Nash gathered an armed white paramilitary group and veteran officers from Rapids, Wynn, and Catahoula parishes He did not move his forces toward the courthouse until noon on Easter Sunday,
1: April 13th. Do you think that there were Klan's people who were anti-maskers for tuberculosis back then? I'm not wearing a mask. It's just a little bit of TB. Mm -hmm. You think everybody took that seriously? Oh, you you mean like people that were well, like no, are- I'm, no i'm no i we should all be able we to should- still go to the cinema and uh go get a nice malt like still live life the same was oh, like yeah. oh tb yeah, 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 tuberculosis yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is killing people yeah ah oh, it's fake yeah it's all fake that's not true yes conspiratorial or conservative newspapers are like we're not going to let tuberculosis stop us from going to the beach yeah i'm sure there's newspaper articles out there cuz you know there's always people Probably like that-
2: the flu right i think the wasn't
1: before it was like the flu shot. Yeah, I guess. before they before it was like not a thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 there was a point where people were dying from the flu yes. more, off, more yeah, yeah, often more yeah. often than it is today, and I'm sure there were people like, "I'm fine." Right. You shouldn't have to give up your freedoms. Yeah. And then people just died and died and died and died and died. Yeah. So Nash led more than three hundred armed white men, most
2: on horseback and armed with rifles. Nash reportedly reportedly ordered the defenders of the courthouse to leave. When that failed, Nash gave women and children camped. Outside the courthouse, cool 30 minutes to Clara. I mean, I guess. Thank you, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, guess that's the you got to be at this time. I guess you got to give people credit where, it's, I guess. Yeah. It's like, I guess you could have just started massacring us right now. Right. But thanks for giving us a, you know, 30 minute uh, uh, thanks reprieve. Thanks for letting the women and children go. Yeah. That's uh, a good dude, man. That's a good guess, dude, man. man. That's he's real, he's a cool guy. He just did that. I guess. That's a cool dude, man.
2: But I'm going to still murder your husband and brother. and
1: Oh, I'll murder you if you're still here in <laughs> <Yeah>. 30 minutes. <laughs> if yeah. there's still kids here in 30 minutes, I'm, I'm going to being kill. nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So after they left, the
2: shooting began. The fighting continued for several, uh, several hours with few casualties. When few he, casualties? Yeah. When Nash's paramilitary maneuvered the canyon behind the building, some of the defenders panicked and left the courthouse. About 60 defenders ran into nearby woods and jumped into the river. Nash sent men on horseback after fleeing Black Republicans, and his paramilitary group killed most of them on the spot. Soon, Nash's force directed a Black captive to set the courthouse roof on fire. So he got one of these Black Republicans that was protecting the courthouse, and was like, "You set the courthouse mm, on fire. Get your hands
1: dirty." Yep. Also, we could just blame it on you. Oh, oh, that's the that's the that's diabolical. Yeah. 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 Like once all this all this clears out and all the smoke settles, we're all going to say you did it. Yeah. And because that's true. Because you did
2: it. Yeah. yeah. So defenders displayed white flags for surrender. One made from t-shirt and the other from a page of a book. And the shooting stopped.
1: You think people still do that? What? Like wave a white they flag. Like, and so, no? like if you just like, let's say you're in a club. Mm. right? Let's say you go to the club <laughs> mm. and you're having a good time and you step on somebody's shoes and y'all just start getting it in. Yeah. Matter of fact, let me change it. Hypothetically. Let's say you were doing a showing at your house. Like, you're selling your house, (laughs) and uh, some people make an appointment to come see your house. Yeah. And then they come in the house. They have no intention to buy in the house. And then they sit down on your couch, open up a bag of chips, just disrespect the shit out of your house. And then you start fighting them, but it's two on one. Mm -hmm. And they just start getting it in. They just, fuck, they're fucking you up. Do you think that today's society would respect... If I, if, 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 if a person, hypothetically, mm-hmm. you or anybody, took a stick and put like a white t-shirt on the end of that stick and started waving it around, do you think they would be no. like, okay, he surrendered? No, they would beat you up until they knock you out, right? Yeah, I'm, so some people now.
2: wouldn't know what the fuck, like, what is, yeah, like, what that means mean? surrender?
1: See, yo, we fucked, him. we gave him a concussion. He's all fucked up. He don't know <laughs> he's what he's doing. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> look, he's waving his white his white t-shirt around. We fucked him up.
2: Yeah, they sure. wouldn't. They wouldn't. they wouldn't know what the fuck that
1: meant. So look, we brain damaged, them. <laughs> Instead, they, they get even more hyped up. Stomp him. <laughs> dig, the, dig the heel into his brain. <laughs>
2: uh, so Nash's group approached and called for those surrendering to to uh, throw down their weapons and come outside. So the shooting stopped. So now they're like, you know, drop your weapons and come out. I want everybody to come out. So what happened next is in dispute. According to the reports of some whites. Somebody pulled a gun out. James, so they shot everybody. James Hadnott was shot and wounded by someone from the courthouse. In the Negro version... The man in the cool house were stacking their guns when the white man approached and had not was shot from behind by an overexcited member of his own force.
1: Oh, like what happened in the Breonna Taylor case. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yep. Interesting. Had not later died after be, after being
1: taken downstream by passing a passing uh steamboat. So you know. So so they already had started shooting, somebody got shot from behind, mm-hmm. and then they used that to justify oh, everybody emptied the clip. Yeah, but you know they was going to twist it somehow where it's like Oh, of course oh, they like yeah, no,
2: shot. yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. And then all yeah. hell broke loose. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so in the aftermath of Hadnot's shooting, the white the white paramilitary group reacted with mass murder of the black man. Mm. As more than 40 times as many blacks died as did whites. Historians describe the event as a massacre. The white paramilitary group killed unarmed men trying to hide in the courthouse. They rolled down and killed those attempting to flee. They dumped some bodies in the Red River. About 50 blacks survived the aftermath, aftermath and were taken prisoner. Later that night, they were, they were killed by their captors who had been drinking. So they, this is all just like fun. A Everybody's yeah, yeah. partying, yeah. killing people, drinking. And now mm-hmm. they just like, they're doing all kinds of hanging people, all kinds of shit. So only, only one black man from the group, Levi Nelson, survived. He was shot by a shank, but managed to crawl away unnoticed. He later served as one of the federal government's chief witnesses against those who were indicted for the attacks. Kellogg sent state militia um, Colonel Theodore Decline and William Wright to Colfax with warrants to arrest 50 white men um, and to install a new um, compromise slate of parish officers. Decline and Wright found the smoking ruins of the courthouse at Colfax and many bodies of men who had been shot in the back of the head or the neck. Mm. They described that one body was charred, another man's head beaten beyond recognition, Mm. and another had a slashed throat. Surviving blacks told Decline and Wright that blacks dug a trench around the courthouse to protect it from what they saw as an attempt by white Democrats to steal an election. Mm -hmm. Voter suppression. Yep. They were attacked by whites, whites armed with rifles, revolvers, and small cannons. When blacks refused to leave, the courthouse was burned and the black defenders were shot down. While the white accused blacks of violating a flag of truce and rioting, rioting, black Republicans said that none of this was true. They accused whites of marching captured prisoners away in pairs and shooting them in the back of the head. Mm. So on April 14th, some of Governor's Kellogg new police force arrived from New Orleans. Several days later, two companies of federal troops arrived. They searched for white paramilitary members. But many had already flee to Texas or the hill. So the motherfuckers got out. They wasn't going to get charged anyway, but yeah. they got
1: out. Of there. Just to be safe. Yeah, they got out of there. What's crazy is it'll be these kind of stories where you find out some absolutely horrendous shit about a phrase you use all the time. Yeah. Where it'll be like, oh, man, some s'mores. And then you read an article where it's like, actually, s'mores comes from a bunch of racist white people being like, I want to kill some s'mores of uh, black people, man. Yeah. I love some this. S'mores. Yeah. I'm going to kill some more. Let's kill some more of them. You know, you're like, what the fuck? I yeah. say shit all the time. Right. Oh, I'm a uh, uh, bloodthirsty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, everybody was getting drunk while they were smashing in the skulls of black people for, Wanted to vote yeah. And then one guy Was getting drunk And he was like I don't want any more whiskey I want to drink some blood And they're like Man you know something Man you're bloodthirsty And now we just all Say that all the time right. And you be like Damn what the fuck You're like Ring around a rosy Man when I found that shit, I was like This is about people Dying from smallpox I was like I used to be Fucking gripped up Right Singing Boop shit. Boop, doo, boop, doo, boop Just singing, singing some, some
2: evil shit man Yeah man So the officers Filed a military report In which they identified By name By name three whites And 105 blacks Who had died Mm. Plus noted that they had three, three whites, three and hundred and five, three whites. Wow. Yeah. So three whites and one hundred five black people who had died. Plus noted that they recovered 15 to 20 unidentified blacks from the river. He also noted that savage nature of many of many of the killings suggesting an out of control situation. The exact number of dead was never established. Um, so two U.S. marshals who visited the site on April 15th reported 62 fatalities. A military report to Congress in 1875 identified 81 black men by name who had been killed, also estimated that between 15 to 20 bodies had been thrown into the Red River, and another 18 were secretly buried for a grand total of at least 105. A state historical marker from 1950 noted fatali- fatalities as three whites and 150 blacks. So the historian Eric Fauna's special a specialist in Civil War and Reconstruction. That's what it was, the Reconstruction Act or got era, it. whatever
1: it was. Got it, got um, it. The Reconstruction Act. Yeah, got Act,
2: it. yeah. Um, who wrote about the event that the bloodiest single instance of racial carnage of in the Reconstruction era, the Colfax Massacre taught many lessons, including the length to which some opponents of Reconstruction would go to to regain their accustomed authority. Among blacks in Louisiana, the incident was long remembered as proof that in, in any large confrontation, they stood at a fatal disadvantage. So whatever the blacks tried to do organize peacefully, white's wouldn't happen. Mhm. Y- and y- then y- every y- time y- y- you're going to
1: vote. And then every time an act like this would happen, it puts you back at square one. Yep. So it's like you never get to build a foundation, a coalition, a real yeah. organization of something that has longevity and could last a long time because it's destroyed and then you got to rebuild from that. And this has been happening since the beginning of slavery since the beginning of the inception of this country. Then it happened again uh, during the civil rights era. Then it happened again in between that. And it's like, okay, so now you have to start from zero. Yep. Yep. And then it's like, well, why don't you just pull up your bootstraps and stop, you know, stop being lazy and just work harder. It's like, what are you talking about, man? I'm starting from, I'm starting from square one over and over. And I got to compete against people who are like, oh yeah, my dad's been doing this for my dad did this. My grandfather did this. And now they just gave me the tools. Yeah. And you're a person who's just like, oh, my grandmother doesn't know how to read. And so I need to go from that generationally. In one generation, Mm -hmm. I need to become wealthy. Yeah. Because there was no tools. I didn't learn how to invest in the stock market. We don't have some kind of old family business that we've established 100 years ago. Even a piece of property, bro. Yeah. People People take for granted the idea. Like There are people... And not just white people, but people who you know, people from all walks of life. There are black people that that have this convenience too. That you know, a, a a smaller percentage of people that go like, oh yeah, my grandmother had a house that you know, she passed away. We sold the house. Yeah, everybody got like ten grand. Yeah, just assets, liquid assets, yeah, that generational assets to pass down. Passed down, yeah, are taken taken for granted by people who have them. We have a friend. His mom passed away. Mm-hmm. He got some money from her passing away. Mm-hmm blew through it. But I don't blame him for that happening to him because there was nobody or there was no adult around him guidance, yeah. to teach him what he should do with that money, how to invest it, the smart thing to do. Yep. Uh, just a 19 or whatever year old kid got X amount of thousands of dollars and he blew through it because he didn't know what to do. Yeah. There so was the
2: knowledge we just don't. Some people just don't have.
1: No. Yeah. Didn't know where is like, Oh, I got money. Well, buy him a phone, buy some shoes, yeah. buy this, buy a laptop. This, It was just, there was no... Knowledge to pass on, like you you just said. There was nothing to to guide him in the right direction, you know? So even the idea when you talk about, you know, 80, I don't know the exact percentage, but let's say 80, Mm because I think that's fair. 80% of the NBA is black. Let's say 75 to 70% of the NFL is black. Mm -hmm. And then you hear all these stories about dudes who blow through their money, don't know how to spend their money, because they are the first people in their family to have money. I don't mean just milk. I mean any kind of money. Right. A lot of these dudes are the first people in their family to have money. Yeah. To have disposable income to go in like a lot of it. To really be able to go do what they want, spend what they want, buy food when they're hungry. And so they blow through the money. Yeah. It happens all the time, man. This is a, this is a gen- It's a generational curse. And a curse is a bad word to use because there were people who were actively like, oh, man, they're trying to advance in life. Kill them all. Yeah, well that's kind of well.
2: Also, that what plays in the part with that too is like, p- black people having land yeah. back in those days, and it was just taken. It was taken from them. Little they, couldn't, they couldn't pass or, it down. It was taken yeah. from them. So it's mm-hmm. like if that didn't happen, that changes everything. That changes a lot of stuff. Like a lot of people now will have will have wealth. Yeah, or whatever. But shit get taken. It's like God damn, but the you don't have shit. You can't pass down another one. that's fucking taken from you. And then, what the white people that take it. They keep it and fucking pass down mm-hmm. and pass knowledge down and wealth and all kinds of shit. But that sucks, man. That's, that's, that sucks. Uh, so the organization against them is too strong. Louisiana black teacher and reconstruction legislator, John J. Lewis later remarked they attempted armed and self-defense in Colfax. The result was that on Easter Sunday of 1873, when the sun went down that night, it went down on the corpse of 280 Negroes. Mm. So James Roswell Beckwith, the U.S. attorney based in New Orleans, sent an urgent telegram about the massacre to the US, U.S. Attorney General. The massacre in Colfax gained headlines of national newspapers from Boston to Chicago. Various government forces spent weeks trying to round up members of the white paramilitaries and the total of 97 men were indicted. The total of 97 men were indicted. In the end, Beckwith charged nine men and brought them to trial for violations of the Enforcement Act of 1870. It had been designed to provide federal protection for civil rights of freed, of freed men under the 14th Amendment against actions by terrorist groups such as the Klan. The men were charged with one murder and charges related to a conspiracy against the rights of freed men. There were two seceding trials in 1874. William Burnham Woods presided over the first trial. It was sympathetic to the prosecution. Mm. Had the man been convicted, they would not have been able to... Appeal their uh, decision to any appellate court according to the laws of the time. However, Beckworth was unable to secure a conviction. One man was acquitted, and the mistrial was cleared in the cases of the other eight. Mm. So, just to make this so nobody the trial exactly just to make this trial uh, part because I'm not really into the trial stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody they they it, was up, they it was a pageant exactly it was a pageant they brung him in oh we they should be charged on this and it was like well we don't have enough the evidence is too
1: vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it goes to a jury. Everybody votes not guilty. Yep. But even worse than that, they did, a, They did like, just, like, a mistrial, right? Or just, like, like, there was no evidence? It
2: was no evidence or, like, they couldn't, the prosecution or some shit, and it was like, oh,
1: there's enough. It's too vague. Yeah.
2: Everything's too vague. Half of the motherfuckers, they ran off into another state or so into the even, hills. they didn't even and really go like, to, like, a trial. No. Like, it was, like, a pre-trial no. stuff. It was just a show. Just, yeah. just mm-hmm. say we don't. We tried. It's a waste of time. We I tried. Just, yeah. Um... So the scale of the massacre and the political conflict in rep- it represents are uh, of the state and national significance in relation to the reconstruction and the United States racial histories. Despite this, the event has been hidden in local history for decades. Moreover, the site has changed. Some of the areas have been paved and the old courthouse was torn down and a new courthouse was built. Finally, without archaeological work to establish where victims were buried at the site, People have had difficulty um, defining a site to gain approval for a historical memorial. In 1920, a committee met in Colfax to purchase a monument to mem- um, memorialize the three white men who died. Wow. This monument stands in Colfax Cemetery and reads, Erected to the memory of heroes, uh, Stephen Decatur Parish, James West Hadnot, Sidney Harris, who fell in Colfax riot fighting for white supremacy. Wow. Yeah, man. And we don't need... You know what's funny? <laughs>
1: that could still be up.
2: And it's not up anymore. Okay. It's not up okay. anymore. But okay. still, O-play though, threw, threw some the ropes fact that it that was shit up... Dragged
1: it into a, a, a <laughs> bayou or something. The fact
2: that it was up... Yeah. That these people need... uh a memorial because they fought for white
1: supremacy. But you know something? <laughs> people need to hear stuff like that, what you just said, because this statues all look they still, Some past, of them are still up. We walk past statues. I see so many statues, of old white dudes wearing uh, funny boots and dressed like the leprechaun. Man,
2: it was one in front of the damn, uh, at least I think it was one, in front of
1: the hotel we was at. Wasn't that one? In Austin? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what he did. <laughs> he might have killed a bunch of Native American people or something. Like, man, hey, he, we walk he's standing and there with his right hand, like inside of his shirt collar, standing yeah. all proud. You're know, like, man, yeah, okay, a statue, whatever. Yeah. You don't know what he did. Nope. But people go, hey, history, take all that shit, put it in a museum, put context behind it about yeah. what they did. Yep. If you want to keep the statues, cool. But you got to keep the context of the statues. Yeah. Now, the statue debate for me is very interesting because I don't think it... Who, why do people need statues? How about we just put some cool art up? We don't need to put like people, because it's not like I'm like yeah, replace, take all of them statues down and like put sojourner truth up. But nobody,
2: but nobody, nobody knows, but nobody knows who that person is now. No. Yes, exactly. Saying like who
1: the fuck? I don't so know they're, they're just they just get it to just like, look cool. It's be, just like be here in this park forever, right? But people who really learn go. Yeah. that's that's an evil person. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm more so of like, everybody's infallible. I don't think we should be. Putting people on pedestals like that because everybody has something in their closet. If you really want to dig deep, and you go, oh, they, they used to beat their kids. Yeah. Or you could find something. So it's just like I don't know. I don't. I think we should just. I think that a statue is very, very quick to like um, idolatize people and go like, oh, put them on. We do it with social media. That's why people yeah. on Instagram have forty million people following that. I that that. The idea of that, like when I go, when I'm on Instagram and I see like this photograph of Billie Eilish eating a banana, got 6 million views, 6 million likes. likes. Mm -hmm. It's, it's sacrilegious, man. It's crazy. Like you're, you're treating this person like they're a God. Yeah. And, and then as a society, we're so quick to be like, oh, we found a flaw in them. Yeah. Rip them, rip them down. And then the fall from that is so hard.
2: The perfect example was that was the fighter. What's her name?
1: The MMA fighter. Oh, Ronda Rousey? Yes. Oh, they built her up. Oh, There were people out here, and maybe she... I think Ronda Rousey probably could, like, fuck me up. Oh, yeah. But there were people out here that were like, Ronda Rousey, I would love to see Ronda Rousey versus Mike Tyson in her prime. Yeah. And then as soon as she lost, they were like, oh, we were wrong. She's trash. Yeah. Yeah, she's got some garbage. No, that was was our (laughs) fault. People fall in depression and all kinds of shit. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's actually... I want to touch on something about that, kind of. It's not about a big fall, but I want to talk about that at the end, because there was some podcast drama that I just I want to touch on to tell people if they know these people, please reach out to them and check on their mental health. But I'll get to it at the end.
2: Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, just back on to the, the whole statue thing. Um, I you know a lot of them, I think, because that was a thing, what, like a year ago, t- like a year or two ago? Last just, year, people were tearing statues year, they down. Was, so it like was they tore la- a statue down, like down like in Baltimore and
1: threw it in the fucking harbor. Yeah, they was just fucking... People um, were tearing statues down all around the country. I mean, but there's the so like,
2: just these huge...
1: They're monuments, monuments to people who might have done atrocious things, Yeah, killed a bunch of Native American babies and raped black women, and all kind of stuff. But they go, but he signed the Declaration of Independence. He was one of the signatures on there. So statue. But he was a mayor Yeah, 200 years ago. But he like beheaded a bunch of black people. But he was also a mayor. And we really liked him. Yeah. Used to make and everybody marshmallows. Nice. What And it makes the city look nice. And it makes the city look nice. A nice bronze statue yeah. a on a guy on a horse. Shit. What did he do on that horse 200 years ago? Murdered a bunch of Native American people? Well, that's kind of... We should say that, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't matter now. Yeah. Just put his name on the plaque. That's it. Yeah, that's it.
2: Date of birth and shit like that. Um. So yeah, so these people got memorials because they, the, um, they're participating in a riot in Colfax for white supremacy. A statue. Yep. So in 1950, Louisiana erected erected a state highway marker noting the event uh, of 1873 as the Colfax Ride. As the event was traditionally called the white, it was traditionally called in the white community. The marker states um, on the site occurred the Colfax Ride, in which three men and
1: 150 Negroes were slain. This event. They adopted a highway to commemorate this? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Adopt they adopted a road. Yeah. But they keep but it's like it's like it's like,
2: they, like they do that, but they like and we three st- white men we have as to, well. We have to yes, the 150 Negroes died, but we have to put in there that the three white men also were slain. Three.
1: Well that all that is all that is to say is to say it was a mutual. Like yeah, this yeah. was a fight. Yeah. That's that's why they kept they kept mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Because they have to say Well this was like a war mm-hmm. it just one side lost less people than the other As opposed to calling it what it is A genocide and a massacre Yeah. So they have to go You know both sides lost people They lost people We lost people So but let's remember everybody That was involved in this atrocity
2: Yeah
1: Yep so uh, the marker was removed On May 15th of 2021 for That's his- way too late Yeah <laughs> Wait, the marker, as in the statue, or the marker, as in the highway dedicating the to commemorate the the massacre? I think it was because of the massacre. Because the then they removed it because it 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 also glorified the three the three white right yeah. men that died. Yeah. Okay, that's way too late. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. So like a month ago. <laughs> like, like two
2: months ago. Twenty twenty one in awesome. May. Not super cool. um,
1: for eventual rep- uh, placement in a museum. And you know what's funny? I would love. No, nah, I would. I mean, I would love to go back in time and none of this happened. But I would love to see the web that the murder of George Floyd, things that would have not happened mm-hmm. if he hadn't had died, where people need to like genuflect and you know perform their activism and go. We're not. We're changing the name of the Redskins. And yeah, a lot. I would bet a lot of things that would have never happened. Happened because George Floyd was killed in front of millions of people, and it, it changed the trajectory of like political activism in this country and like social activism. Oh, I, you
2: mean like oh, you mean things like that, that. would have never
1: happened. I don't oh, think like I don't red I Skins don't think the Redskins gets changed the, if George red, Floyd is murdered. The
2: not it change like baseball team name? The Indians, the, the Indians, Cleveland Indians. Yeah, that's what
1: it was. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that things like that happen if George Floyd isn't murdered. I don't yeah. know if these statues get tossed in lakes. Uh, so many things that break off as a branch from that event the nexus of that caused so many really powerful things to happen and if that never happened i wonder where we'd be today i think that's an interesting like thought exercise yeah obviously a bunch of other atrocious things happened last year Mm -hmm. ahmaud arbery and and brianna taylor and george floyd all these things happened but george floyd was the one that put like social activism on the map for 2020 and if you take that out, I, I just don't know if the streets are flooded with people holding up signs and everything, if that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I wonder what it would have, where that energy would have went if it if it wasn't into the activism know, that, that happened. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
2: But that was my story of the Colfax
1: Massacre. Um, Every time, man, you do these fucking things and they, they fucking piss me off. And But it's history, though, it man. It is. And it's important. Yeah. It's incredibly important. I never heard of the Colfax Massacre. I'm sure there's a ton of... What's crazy is again we talked about a playbook, right? So the idea that we see these patterns happen tells me you're probably gonna have a lot of if you dig, you're gonna find a lot a of stories. You're gonna it, find a lot of stories, and like they that. all
2: on at the same time about the same voting, voting, and it's thousands and it's
1: and it's a hit to
2: the the African American population. like it's a huge hit. You got a hundred if like say if it's like. Every oh, like you know, maybe like ten cities or something like that. This is going on, or you
1: know, like five states, mm-hmm. two hundred and something black people are just dying, two hundred and just wiping out, and a community is destroyed. Yeah, when you talk about what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you don't just you can't you can't just focus on the horrible murders that happened. Yeah, because it's easy to yeah, because it was they burned it down, violence, but they it was called Black Wall Street, bro. It was a thriving black community where uh, uh, the black dollar was changing hands eight Mm -hmm. times over. Yeah. Your doctor was black. You go to your doctor, he fixes you up and you pay him. Then he goes and buys some bread from down the street and they're building wealth in this community. And then black people come and you visit your cousin and you go, damn, man. Okay. So you opened up a apothecary store. Yeah. I'm going to go back to Michigan I'm going to do they the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. That longevity of that, it teaches, you, you, you get a bunch of teachers out of that wealth as well. And they burned it all down yeah. and redirected those people into terrible situations. They lost all the equity and the land yeah. and the money that they put into this community. And they ended up with nothing. And they got to go start from scratch somewhere else. And they might have the intelligence mm-hmm. to do that again, but they'll never have the capital. Because right. they're life saving, or the confidence, or the com- or the co- that's damn, that's deep. Yeah, no, nah, because you go, what you, just said. you go. I built, I built, I built this, and yeah. they
2: just want to just take it from they me. They could just come and burn it down. Why? Again.
1: Why I do it again? Why I waste my time to do that again? Yeah, but then you so see what happens is, and this is what I, I, ch- I keep trying to use this podcast to just make clear to people, right? So your great great grandfather, that happens to him, his sh- confidence is shattered. He's the best steel smith. This dude makes this dude does shit to steel you never seen. Before. Yeah. He'll never start another business again. He stopped working with, he stopped metalsmithing, mm-hmm. never taught his son. Yeah. His son never learned, never taught yep. his son. And then your dad never taught you how to metalsmith. Yeah. And your grandfather passed away 30 years ago with this world of knowledge that he never applied again. Yep. And a trade that could have been the Evans and Sons yeah. metalsmithing company yeah. now, a hundred and so years later, and now you guys have trucks and all this type of shit, was destroyed because they burned down his business a hundred yeah. years ago. Well it could have been worse than that. They could have just he could have just been wiped out. And then no,
2: and, there is no you there is no me, there is no my dad. That, that could've that it's like like you say, you get caught up with the murder and everything, but it's like a generation gets wiped out completely. Mm-hmm. That like and that part is just that's the crazy part where it's just like that, you know, that guy, whoever woman didn't have kids, and that just just over. Yeah. That's a Bull, whole family. Your name dies.
1: Got- your everything. Your whole legacy dies right yeah. then and there in that moment. There yeah. is no progression. And then, but also just to piggyback one more time on that fear aspect. Yeah. When you talk, when I talk about black people not knowing how to swim. Yep. Black people not knowing how to invest their money like on a, on a mass scale of like in black American culture investing and all these things are like, wait, you want to. You, OK, so you have a thousand dollars. You want to put it away for it to be. Sixteen hundred dollars in six months. Yeah, fuck that. That comes from a bank a hundred a banks. I keep saying a hundred. It wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, a bank sixty years ago telling your grandmother, "Oh, your money's gone." Yeah. What? But I invested my whole ten years of my money. Oh yeah. So we changed the rule, and so there's no money here for you anymore. Yeah. And then they go, you know what? Just keep your money in the mattress. Yeah. And then these things or spend it on something. Or but spend it, it or whatever. And but then generationally you lose that story. Yeah. You lose the like, oh, a bank ruined my life. I lost ten years of of money that I saved from my job. Yeah. And now in nineteen ninety nine, your your dad or your uncle's like, Oh, I don't I don't use banks, man. Yeah. Can't trust them. Can't trust them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know, it's just like you just sound like a paranoid dude. Yeah. Like, oh, this dude's crazy, man. He's stupid, ignorant. Why would you keep your money just, in a mattress? Right. Cause my grand my my mom nope. learned from her grandmother and the banks took their money. Yeah. So everything has like a like a, a origin and a pinpoint, and that's the part where that's left out of the conversation. Yeah. With that, it's
2: like the that's what the pros and cons are of the social media. Like now, this information is getting put out there, so more Black people are like learning this. Yes. But also, it's like for that same reason you just mentioned, it's like I'm showing that I have. Yes. This money right now. You get caught up in some scams that way too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm showing I have this money right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and then we see and go, "Hey man, he's he's doing he's doing well." Mm-hmm. But that man is struggling. He yes. he he wasn't supposed to buy that that no. Benz at all.
1: But it looked good. It looked good though. Those hundred likes feel good. Yeah, man, For a little that, bit. That bank account nah. with the when that you got that red negative, and then it's 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 commas in that, <sighs> yeah. But, yeah, no, that was a a fantastic story. I like where that conversation went. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, Fran. Yeah. My affirmative murder this week is it's got some twists and some turns. Okay. You... It's an unsatisfying feeling at the end, at least Mm. from from my perspective, Mm -hmm. and I'll explain that, of course, at the end when we get to it. But just follow along with me. My affirmative murder—it's not—and again, it's not a murder story. It's just a really crazy story. Okay. My affirmative murder this week is the story of Charles Bothell the Fifth. Mm. Right. This story birthed an incredibly popular meme that I had no idea what the origin of the of the meme was. Okay. And when I looked into it. I found out and I was like, I mean, it's not a murder story, but I need to tell. This is this is crazy. I need yeah. to tell people about this. So that's what's what the mean. I'll, sh- I'll show you at the end. OK. Um. So <clears throat> in early 2014, Charles Bothell, the fourth and stepmother, Monique Dillard Bothell reported their 13 year old son, Charlie Bothell, the fifth missing. Children 12 years and older are the kidnapping victims in around 80% of all cases that include minors. Hmm. And every year, 600,000 people go missing in the United States. 600,000? 600,000 people. Now, fortunately, many of those missing children and adults are quickly found. That's still a lot. Yes. However... Tens of thousands never come back, and the authorities are often unable to determine what happened. So Mm. every year in this country, tens of thousands of people vanish without a trace. Kidnappings are most commonly motivated by money. However, in other cases, kidnappers are inspired by politics, religion, custody disputes, human trafficking, or even premeditated murder. Human trafficking is a $150 billion industry.
2: Damn. And just
1: last week is the story I told uh, about the the, um, stolen children in Harlem. Yeah. One of the women who works for like an organization said, oh, black people are a cold product. Nobody's nobody buys black babies is, is, is you know, the, the market value is terrible. Yeah. And with that being said, was she she was a uh, um, she like worked for a, a, a child, child placement. The... Yeah. She worked for some kind of child service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So facts like this, understandably, had the city of Detroit in an uproar for 11 days searching for their own native son, Charlie. But Charles Bothell, that's weird. I can't even call him senior. But Charles Bothel the fourth urged police to keep up media coverage of his son's case in hopes of finding him. Mm-hmm. He was quoted as saying that he would have him and his wife do a lie detector test to immediately silence any of the people who would automatically think that par- that the parents had something to do with it. The reason for that is, Fran, that there are approximately 1,435 kidnappings each year. This number is an estimate, however, as not every case gets reported, especially as it pertains to family member kidnappings. Now, of the 1,435 kidnappings that I named, 1,230 of those are abductions that were done by family members okay. so per, mostly most of the times in a kidnapping scenario it is a it is a familial figure mm-hmm. of mother father custodial parent uncle cousin whatever it's somebody yeah. that that knows the child yeah this is my source for this was uh credit okay shout out to them charles admitted that his son was having behavioral problems Bothell said his son was setting fires in the rear hallways of the townhouse community Mm. and that his son had tried to burn the house down on two occasions. The house? Like the house he lived in? Their house. Yeah. Shit. Uh, He said, quote, if Charlie ran away again, it was probably because he was afraid of possibly having to go to boarding school if his behavior didn't improve in line with the academic and health gains that he had made. That pressure was coming directly from me. Mm. That was a quote from Charles Bothell IV. Monique Dillerbothel was the last person to be with the boy before he went missing That's his mom his stepmom oh okay she said that she snapped a photo of the family's elliptical machine that day because the boy did the boy only did three three thousand and eight revolutions instead of the 4 thousand he was mandated to do by his father when asked by the police if she knew any reasons why Charlie would be missing she said... Yes, in as much that he did not want to talk to his father in regards to shortcutting his workouts. So basically, she was saying, "Well, yeah, he didn't want to do the workouts that we require him to do. So you know, he might have just run away as to not." Wait, do He was in training or some shit. This kid's like twelve years old, bro. It's absolutely insane. I got, but I'll get into it. After eleven days, Charles IV was scheduled to appear on television with famed TV personality Nancy Grace. Hmm. The interview was interrupted by some breaking news. Shit. I will play the I'm going to play this interview in its entirety because it's insane. If people have if people have not heard this, this this did go viral uh, uh almost a decade ago. But I never I didn't know about this story. So this is new to me. So this might be new to people listening as well. So I want you people to listen carefully to this exchange between Nancy Grace and Charles Bothell IV.
3: Old boy, Charlie uh, with me is his father, Charlie Bothell. Charlie, we're getting reports that your son has been found in your basement
1: he's on the news right now
3: sir mr bothel are you are what? you what yeah we are getting reports that your son has been found alive in your basement what yes that's this look, was live this was live very
1: really quickly this yeah, was the same day. Like right while he was being now. let me pause this real quick just to give people some more of like just some insight. While he was in doing this interview to be like, hey guys, please help me find my son. Where was he at? In his house? Uh, no, he was at the, uh, some studio, probably some <laughs> cool. uh, some satellite studio. While on the while on the radio or while on the news on, on the news with Nancy Grace, they had they the police, the FBI obtained a warrant to search his home and she found this out while he was being interviewed. And he didn't know. He didn't... I mean, it was happening. It was happening while he was doing this interview. It looked fake, though. It looks fake because he's bullshitting. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh, so he is... Okay. All right. Um, yeah.
3: How, yeah. How could your son be alive in your basement? Stop
2: it,
5: bro. Uh, uh, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I, I, shit. I have, no, I have no idea. I... I, I
3: Now, this is He's just a feminine. report that we are hearing out of Detroit that we're trying to confirm. Um, oh God, everybody please. in New York, please get on it. Uh, let me know when we get Charlie Langton from WWJ. Uh, sir, did you
5: check your basement? I checked my basement. The FBI checked my basement. The Detroit police checked my basement. My wife checked my basement. Um I've been down there several times. We've all been checking. How? Okay, uh, this, my... this is
3: what we, what we are hearing that uh, the missing 12 year old boy has been found alive and well in his father's oh basement. Now, this is what I, okay. I don't understand why you guys would have reported he's missing
5: and all our viewers
3: he's have been, been on 11, the lookout de- for him.
5: We've been, we've been on the lookout for him. We searched that entire house repeatedly. The FBI searched. The Detroit police searched. We've all searched. Oh, God, they brought dogs. Everything. Everybody is searched. What? Okay, oh, my son. Have you checked your cell phone? <laughs> <laughs> um, my cell phone is dead. Um, I, I'm, and I'm actually getting down here. I left it in the car charging because it, 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 had, it, had, it, um, it had died on me. Okay, oh and you're oh. telling us that you searched your basement
3: and your wife searched your basement.
5: I searched my basement. My wife searched my basement. The FBI. Why is he still doing the interview? He Did just found out his was son. To, I was going to wait to bring it up until basement. after after we um, finished the video. We all searched my basement multiple times. Uh, I mean, we like in. The, yeah, there's still a little bit more, but like in
1: this in this scenario. You just found out that your child, who's been missing for eleven days, has been found. Like, this interview is over. I looked, my wife looked. There was dogs. I just, my oh, son, my son. Oh my, oh my god, shit! Like, he's like you get up and
2: go. It's over. Take
5: the piece out. Yes,
2: you don't say anything. Like
5: you still sitting there. People just stupid. <laughs> they had the dogs search. We we've all searched the basement. The dogs searched my basement. Oh god okay well you know what I'm gonna give you a
3: chance to call home and see what you can find out Charlie Langton WWJ news uh Charlie we're getting reports tonight that the boy has been found alive in Daddy's basement yeah Nancy
5: we just we are just getting word right he's now he's still sitting there like in the double screen, screen. Yeah, the he's boy still in the, has the chair been found alive. In the father's basement, and we're just getting reports right now that that is true. <laughs> uh, he did it like a it like just, a fist pump, like he just won the won championship. Yes. They now, why him. the boy, why the father didn't know about that for the last eleven days. I thought his phone uh, was, was in the, the car. Was,
4: uh, <laughs> there I, I didn't even see that. He
5: is now pulled out his cell phone
1: that he said he left in the car because it died. He's looking at it on national television, like, "Oh, let me, see my, let me check my text messages." Wow, I didn't even I didn't even catch that till you just said that. <laughs>
5: He is on his phone. (laughs) What's a child? All of those are questions that we are trying to get reports on right now. We understand that that we're sending news crews right now to the scene. I also understand that the police chief is going to make yet another announcement that should be coming up a little bit later on. But yes, the boy has been found alive in his father's basement. That's crazy. That's wild. That is
1: absolutely insane. That's right, folks. You heard correctly. Charlie the fourth, the fifth, was found by police behind a pile of boxes in his parents' basement on June 25th of 2014, while his father was being interviewed on national television by Nancy Grace. The interview subsequently went viral. Absolutely insane. For understandable reasons, the dude was bullshitting. Absolutely. I mean, you want to talk about uh, people not, you know, displaying their emotions how people expect them to, you know, you know, because I hear that argument a lot. Oh, he didn't cry. But, oh, but he didn't do anything wrong. He just didn't cry because that's not how he shows his emotion.
4: Yeah.
1: That was a... That was bullshit. (laughs) That was a facade. Everything about that That was... was That was terrible That was That was bullshit. Everything about that was bullshit. And he lied. His phone was in his pocket. Shout out to Nancy Grace for not, like, wilding his ass out.
0: Or shout out to Nancy
1: Grace. No, shout out to... See, Nancy Grace is messy. And that's why I fuck with Nancy Grace. Because anybody else might have, like, gotten that news and fumbled and let him get out like oh my god i'm sure you want to go check on see what she's like why would you not know this she's asking questions that like keep him there it lasted another two minutes after she told him that they just found out that his son's a found yeah why wouldn't he get up and leave because she kept him there with the hypnosis with that buttery uh, uh velvet biscuit voice shout out to also shout out to mac man it's Nancy like, Grace is not like Mac though. Nancy, yeah, Nancy Grace is no Mac when it comes to the Cheryl McCollum. Shout out to yeah. Cheryl McCollum, uh, my future ex-wife. She uh, <laughs> that velvety, buttery smoothness, and also is out there getting shit done at the same time. A yeah. boss. Not that Nancy Grace isn't, but I'm just saying. when We talk about the velvety texture of that Southern drawl. Nobody does it like Mac. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Mac, of course. But she was able to hypnotize him like this, like the snake in the basket, like, and he sat there. Through the whole thing, while she's talking to another dude, and they're talking about him. <laughs> oh my God, Charles! Another Charles. I think they said it was David. I can't remember, what, but she's like, David. How could he not know that the kids were in his basement? Yeah, Nancy. We're trying to figure that out now. We don't really know <laughs> why the kid was in his basement, and he wouldn't know that. But those are questions that will be answered in the next couple of days. I mean, his father is definitely the number one suspect right now. Absolutely. We can't understand why he would be doing this, and he's still sitting there in the chair. Still doing faces. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, my God. They found him. Yes. We did the fist bump. That was crazy. She's talking to somebody else. He's like, oh, they found him.
0: Oh Yes. All right.
1: Yes. We did it. Get up and leave. Obviously, after this whole event, the couple was charged with torture and second degree child abuse after the boy was found to be very thin with marks on his upper body. Mm. The two were accused of abusing the child, depriving him of food and forcing him to live in the basement and do and to engage an extreme and unreasonable exercise regime, they had him doing shit. I mean, this dude was basically running like a B six thirteen operation. Out, he thought he was command. Like, if people watch Scandal, he was trying to make his son. I think he wanted him to be like an elite doctor, so he had him doing all kinds of work. He wanted him to be like a fit genius, so he was homeschooling him, making him do these workouts but he had mental every day. Issues,
2: right? Who? The kid didn't he have like
1: the kid was acting out because he was being oh, fucking, yeah. I mean, he was just being disruptive, but probably because his father was like abusing him, yeah. At home, you know, wasn't do fucking elliptical workouts? machines yeah. and push ups and shit. I mean, it was absolutely it's crazy. Kid. This kid's like 11 years old. Say, <laughs> like, no, man, I need a thousand push ups, hop on the bike for 45 minutes, yeah. any of that. shit. Listen, I think you know, if I have a kid someday, if I'm blessed to have a kid someday. If I want my kid to play basketball, I'm going to try to lean him towards it. If he's not into it, then that's fine. I'm not going to be like, I don't care. I'm not going to high school musical my son where it's like, yeah. I don't care if you want to be in theater. You're going to go get a thousand jump shots up. You're going to go do a hundred burpees yeah. every day. And then maybe after that, you can sing some songs. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, if my kid wants to sing songs, he's going to go sing songs. I'm not going to make him do workouts. He's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not fucking a P90X instructor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he's crazy. If you if Clearly. you
1: sit there and, and, ex- if he th- and the crazy part is, I, th- I bet he thought, like, oh, I'm nailing this.
4: Yes. I'm getting my oh, Denzel oh, on. Oh, <laughs>
1: Just oh my Zan God. Shit. Oh, woof. Oh. Like things that people don't say in real life. Oh, shoof. Like, he's making yeah. noises, like <laughs> <laughs> sighs of relief, like in real life. Oh, whew. Oh, my God. Oh, thank God he wiped, he wiped sweat from his brow with the yeah. back of his hand. Yeah. Oh, phew. And what he year was like, this? 2014.
2: What kind of car did he have where your phone is still charging when the car's off? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't even. Was that technology even available? Then? I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> you can just charge your phone in the car with the car off. Come on, your son is missing, and you don't bring your phone you with your all phone tar- you. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're not readily available. Your phone's in the car, and your car in 2014 has an independent <laughs> battery that runs when the car's off. That's, wow. Most cars don't have. You gotta have a really nice car where it's like, oh my car, my car gives juice to, throughout the USB ports. Yes. When I'm out, when I'm not in the car, and Nancy Gracious had to be like. Well, that was clearly bullshit, but okay, your phone's in the car being charged, then whatever. And then, then, like, as soon as some shit happened, he's like, oh my God, my phone, let me put my phone out <laughs> on camera, national television. Oh my like, God, let me see what's happening. Yeah. See if I got any phone calls. I wish you would have looked and been like, I thought you said your phone was in the car. Yeah. He Talk about being blindsided. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He wasn't ready for that one. He was on there prepared. Ready. All the energy that he did for the show yeah. was to go. And again, I'm going to get into why why this is controversial for me and for a lot of people in my description of what I'm about to say, but Mm -hmm. like he was prepared to go on there and be like, help me find my son, please. He's missing. That's what he was there to do. And then in the process of that, they go, the "The call's coming from inside the house. (laughs) We found him in your basement. And then it's like, (sighs) well, no. Okay. Well, I did a monologue in the, in the, in the car before I came, I was ready to do my acting. Oh God. No, I can't believe it. Yes. They found him. Thank the lord it was, all ter- <laughs> it was all just like What are you doing get, Leave yeah. Just get up and leave He had the option to do that The whole time One of his arguments was That the producer was in his ear Being like hey Whoa relax We're on national television Don't get up and leave Oh really But So what he You needs. just found your son Yeah Get up and leave Take the earpiece out Leave Yeah fuck this interview You didn't have to be there Why do you have to listen? Who are you producer yeah, right. <laughs> You're gonna ruin the show I don't care I don't. Why would I care? Why would I? Why would I care about that? Imagine your child's missing for eleven days, and the and you you find out that your child's been found in your house, but you whatever disregard. You didn't that. know. You didn't know. Let's say you didn't know. Yeah. And when you're about to go, like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out. The producer goes, whoa, 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 hey man, whoa. We still got about ten minutes left in the segment. Fuck you. So. <laughs> All the shit's getting. I'm knocking everything over. I'll, get out of my way. <laughs> he went okay, no, I have to wait to the next commercial break. So I'll sit here out. I'll, he I'll, talking s- and shit I'll sit like- here quietly and wait while she's talking to someone else. Yeah. At least get up at that point. So in a preliminary examination, Charlie, the fifth, the young boy, little Charlie testified that the reason he went along with their demands and kept quiet was that quote, I didn't think that anybody would believe me. The younger boy uh, said, he also said, I had been threatened before that she would kill me. Now, I'm going to get into all the pushback, but a lot of the pushback was the FBI did search that basement four times. Mm. That wasn't something that Charles Bothell IV made up. Yeah, They really did check the, ba- they checked the basement, and they didn't find anything. In those 11 days, they checked multiple times. They never found anything, right? So I'll get into it. So keep that in mind. Mm. That part wasn't fake. They really did that. He said he heard his stepmother call his father and tell him that he was missing after she ordered him into a cramped hidden space in the basement. And she said the uh, the spot that was set up in the basement. So basically he was saying his stepmother made him go to this part of the basement and live there. The boy never tried to escape and remained quiet when police searched the basement. Out of fear, he said. Because quote, my word didn't really matter over hers. He said while he was being questioned by an assistant county prosecutor given protein shakes and dry cereal to eat during the 11 day period and sometimes sneaking upstairs for more food and to use the bathroom when no one was home the younger Bothell said he felt relieved when authorities found him and took him first to McDonald's then to a children's hospital to be examined he said quote I felt happy and relieved that I didn't have to be in the basement and that there was people who actually believed what happened to me he also testified in an incident of alleged physical abuse saying that his father drove a piece of PVC pipe into his chest and twisted it about two months before police found him in the Lafayette park home basement. Mm. In a harrowing testimony, Charlie Bothell V said that he was beaten with a PVC pipe after briefly running away when he was 11 years old. Charlie said he wandered the neighborhood nearly three hours until police found him And took him home. After police left. The boy's father told him to lie across the dining room table. And hit him with a wooden stick. And a piece of PVC pipe. Mm. He said after that incident of him running away. Any whooping I had was done with the PVC pipe. He said he doesn't know how many times he was struck with the pipe. In the years after he tried to run away in 2012. But he also said that he was hit all over his body with the pipe. He also said it was a terrible place to be. The way that I would be whooped and treated, basically, I had gotten so upset and depressed and sad about being there to the point where I had tried to commit suicide. This is a 12-year-old boy. How could you harm your kids that way? Harm them. But again, this is he's a megalomaniac, allegedly. I'll get get—I'll get into the things at the end. But if I'm going off of the story, he's a megalomaniac who wants his... Because this guy's a registered nurse, and there's nothing wrong with being a registered nurse. But for you to be like... He would say things like he's not smart enough to be a doctor. He's not disciplined enough to be a doctor. You're trying to live out things, your time. failures. You're trying to live out your failures and shortcomings through your son. Yeah, you can't You're not that. in the best shape, so you want your son to have like abs at yeah. 11 and be in fantastic shape and be a doctor and all of these things that you wanted for yourself that you didn't accomplish, you're trying to force your son to be. Yep. And we saw this. We saw this with Michael Jackson. We've seen this. Venus and Serena were... You you have to dr- you have to force, you don't have to. But we saw it in Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods was like hypnotized. His dad like hypnotized him. But in a lot of success stories, you hear about these overbearing, toxic parents. Mm. And I'm not saying that that's okay. But I'm just saying like I think maybe he, maybe he thought, oh I'm I'm not abusing him. I'm pushing him to greatness. But that's his sickness in thinking that it's okay what he's doing. Yeah. Because the th- making an 11 year old drink protein shakes. And do a thousand push-ups and sit-ups and elliptical machine workouts every day is insane. Yeah, especially if they didn't ask. Maybe if your son goes, "No, I want this. I want to be-, be an Olympian. Yeah. I want to be in the NBA." So push me, dad. Yeah. But if they're like, "I'm tired. I don't want to." No, get up. That's that's where it it, it turns into megalomania and you know the, this 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 vanity and 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 all these you know these problematic. Mental issues that he clearly had and was putting onto his child. That's where it goes somewhere dark.
2: Well, I think I don't think um, pushing them is a bad thing. No, I but no. physically harming them, yes, is a totally different
1: thing. Yes, I've you said hitting like nah. yes. I've said multiple times in this podcast. I do wish, as an adult, that my mom wouldn't have let me be so decisive in right. my in quitting. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I quit so many things. <laughs> I was like the best... Qu- if there was a class on quitting, <laughs> oh, I would be the best quitter. I was a fantastic quitter.
2: Because it would be like you... you oh, you like fake injury? Huh? you like fake injury or some
1: shit? <laughs> yeah, I did fake an injury. Yes, I did. Uh, I went to the Art Monk Football Academy. It was an overnight camp. Yeah. Going a little? We're going on a little, de- little detour. <laughs> I went to the Art Monk Football Academy. I was 13. I was 12 or yeah, 13 yeah. years old. I went to to be a tight end because I was like... Well, they are kind of like, they don't have to do as much work as a wide receiver, yeah. but they get to get some shine every now they get to catch the ball, but most of the time you're out there doing some blocks. This was before the explosion of like multiple tight ends on the field and yeah. tight ends being like a crucial part of an offense. Mm-hmm. At this point, when I was 12, a tight end caught like five passes a game. And then most of the time you just go like, you just, yeah. push, you just push the guy in front of you a little bit, yeah. do a little bit of blocking. So I went there to be a tight end. I was, they they gave me like offensive lineman pads. Yeah. So I had like huge, huge pads. Fan. Yeah.
4: And, and I was big for your size,
1: and right? I was big for my size. So they, were, but in that world, which is, is gross, the football yeah. world, they're like, this dude's got, dude, yeah, look at the gams. Yeah. Like they treat you like livestock. Like, yeah. look at his arm. arms. Like this dude, man, we got to get this dude on a regiment, yeah. right? So it was all. They, I think they saw they potential. were like potential. They were like, yes. Yup. <laughs> and then I went out run one play. S-h-h-h-h-h-h-h. I did a little move, <laughs> boom, boom, and I tackled a kid. But I went neck and shoulder, and I got a stinger in my uh my trap. Mm-hmm. I got a I got a stinger in my trap. And I didn't play it again for the rest of the. Uh, I was like, I'm oh oh, yeah. mm, like, I can't. And they'd be like, they called me Big Orange because I had those big giant pads on, and they had the little, uh, the little penny tee, yeah, the little penny, netted yeah. netted jersey yeah. over that. It was a big orange jersey. Mm. So they'd be like, Big Orange, you good to go to, for practice today? But like, oh, stinger coach. Oh damn. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just go get some pizza because they they had a they, had, uh, they had Domino's pizza was that all the. <laughs> i be like, I'm going to go refuel on some pizza and, uh, you know, do some, do some re- I'm gonna do some rehab, stretch out the stinger. I'll let you know how I feel for evening practice. Cause there was like God, it was like two of days. It was two of days. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> pizza. Yeah, it was, this was like a, this was like a Thursday to a Monday camp. So this happened day one. This happened Thursday. The stinger by, by Friday night, I was good. So we're talking about Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday they give out like yeah. most improved. They do uh, like a whole like a graduation type of thing. <laughs> most improved, hardest working guy. So you got to go. There's no workouts that day, yeah. but it's a whole ceremony. So s- f- Saturday and Sunday, I was just playing the game. Yeah, big orange. You good to go? Do some some pu- some push ups or something? Ah, damn, I, I can try. Why are you? I here? can try to go for it, coach. Why are you but I just here? don't know. And then I might have tried to get in a stance and be like, oh, ah, damn, ah, uh, uh, tightened up on me, coach. I'm going to go grab some uh, – I'm going to go grab a slice and uh, hit the hot water spring and um, come back to you. I'll check back on you for night practice. Yeah. There was always practices and scrimmages, and so there was always an opportunity for them to go, big Orange, Yeah. you good to go? Well, it was like a development game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was I'm like, they're always working out all the time. Why would they – relax they're all every day they're like multiple times <laughs> like yeah well everybody's here to try to get better at football yeah. like, not eat slices of no it's night. like I, that's why i was there nobody else seemed to be on the same page as me i was like <laughs> why are you guys what are you guys here to play football it's pizza here no it's man pizza. we work we would wake up early and this was when uh the old oh, one of the shit. tv land would still play reruns of happy days uh, so i would wake up get me like some breakfast pizza and then <laughs> it was a lot of pizza. And then I'd watch re. And then I watch Happy Days. And then they'd be like, "It's time to hit the field." And I'd yeah. be like, oh, I need I need a red jersey, coach. I'm on. This, uh, I'm on injury reserve. You on vacation? But it was the worst vacation. We were staying in fucking community college dorms. It was a terrible vacation. My mom just wanted me out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never played organized football in my life. She sent me to a football camp. Did you want to go? No. She's like, "Guess where you're going? <laughs> to a football camp." I was like, "I'd never even mentioned." This ever in my life. Why would you send me to this? Was this a Christmas gift? <laughs> don't even get me started on Christmas gifts I've gotten. Don't even get me started on that. It might as well have been a Christmas gift. I've gotten some unusual cr- Christmas gifts from oh, my mom in my life. But this one was a doozy. <laughs> I never even mentioned. I hate football. Playing football. We learned this early on. Like I used to, I used <sighs> to we used to love playing football. And sorry for the tangent, folks. I'm going to get back to the story. <laughs> we used to love playing football. But then at a point you go every time we play football I get hurt. Yeah. So I learned quick. I was like I'm a basketball. Yeah. Guy. And then after I had that realization, she's like, Guess where you're going? <laughs> a full contact football camp hosted or uh, uh, under the name of a Washington Redskins uh, wide receiver yeah. Hall of Famer. I've I don't never know, even heard of. I don't that. know any of this. <laughs> People are all excited to get autographs. They're like, look, I'm Bart Scott. I was like, uh, Great. Yeah. Cool. I got an autograph. Football oh, gone. Man.
2: Do you know where it's at? No.
1: <laughs> I might have took that ball outside and thrown it around.
2: Signature off me. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I fucked that ball up, man. I just was like, put that in a display case. Yeah, I'd be like, you want to go wide? Dog chewed it up. That ball's gone. <laughs> Why did I go to the camp? I, oh, didn't, man, I need man. answers for that. <laughs> go ask. It was, it's going to hurt my feelings. She's like, oh, you just were breaking shit all the time, making donuts out of the bread and eating all the... <laughs> Gonna keep buying all these Rice Krispie treats and shit all the time. We just needed a break. We just needed like three days of you just gone. Oh, shit. So we thought it'd be like a reward. You get to go run around. with kids. like, I didn't run once. <laughs> I ran once. I'm sorry. I, I'll take that back. I ran once. She knew you got hurt. Did she know? I'll be calling her all the time. <laughs> like She's like, yo, you, you think you'll practice tomorrow? I was lying to everybody. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I try. I might try to give it a go, mom. The stinger, though. I didn't even know what that was. The 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 nurse told me that. I was like, yeah, I tried to tackle him on my, my neck bench. She's like, oh, a stinger. I rode that diagnosis for 72 hours. Yeah. But that's what happens when you let people quit. Yeah. So I understand driving your kids, motivating your kids, not letting your kids quit. Yep. But when you start to cross over into physical intimidation,
4: yeah.
1: a physical, actual physical contact and abuse, you've gone too far. Mm-hmm. You need to pull back really quickly. And instead he was like, no, no. It's not me. It's him. That's what he said. He'd be like, yeah. "This kid's weak. This kid, he doesn't have the mental fortitude. He's bad. So he's not going to be a doctor. He made that decision very early on. So what he was, sa- what he said in a text message to his wife that they found that they brought up in court was, let 'Let's get this money together so we can get him the hell out of here.' Which meant send him to military school. Mm-hmm. So they were ready to get this kid the fuck out of here. So all these like, oh my son, oh my god, oh they were ready to fucking ship him out of there because they because he didn't because he didn't want to wanna do a four thousand elliptical cycles. And whatever four thousand, bro. I can't do that now, man. That's crazy, grown ass man. Twelve, eleven, twelve years old, man.
2: <laughs> do twenty a day or something. Could have did some. Come on now, a light workout, man.
1: It'll go a long way for a kid, <laughs> right? He's a kid. So this part, this part is everything I've said was insane, but this part's crazy. Charlie said he lived with his father and uh, stepmother for about two years, beginning in November two thousand eleven. He attended school in the fifth grade for about one month before switching to homeschooling in December of 2011. So one month into moving in and going to school with his parent, with his dad, he was pulled out of school. Mm. His father taught him at home using two English and science textbooks taken from an elementary school. When he returned to traditional school for seventh grade in September of 2014, he had trouble keeping up because his father doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and tried to teach him for multiple years with textbooks from fifth grade. Uh, Charlie uh, added that some things I just wasn't taught or just didn't know. Yeah. So he gets dropped into real school. They're like, you know, do you know about algebra? Like, no. No. Um, What is that? Yeah. But I know who George Washington is. Like, great. That's, that's great. But do you know anything more than that? No, we just really hammered home. The founding fathers at home. His father probably was like, you're going to be better than everybody else. And, work harder than everybody else but it's like but you're you're teaching him like rudimentary stuff you're not what do you mean yeah you want him to be something that you're not allowing him to flourish into you're actually holding him back from being the thing that you want him to be so bad right homeschool you know arrogant you have to be to think you're gonna homeschool your kid and you're not a teacher
2: like i wonder how homeschool works though do you do you have to as a as the the parent do you do you get like a you gotta order something from the public school or something like that i don't know i'm I don't know sure know I, I would
1: love to hear from some parents who do yeah. homeschooling because i'm sh- i would assume if you're not a like an accredited teacher yeah then you have to have like a teacher come or something like a tutor or something or well, is everything is just textbook is everything just like also like work, are you work, an accredited work. graduate if you graduate from homes could you graduate from homeschool i'd love to hear like please do that, homeschool you parents. Got to. i don't know I would like think, a ged I would know. yeah Maybe there's something like higher, something other than the GED for homeschool kids. Like you get to take this test, and then you're it's a it's a high school diploma, not a GED. Or you just, or it's just homeschool, and then when they take like exams at the end of the year,
2: to but I graduate, like that's GED. They just go in, I don't know. They just go and take the same exam. I don't know. Let us, be, uh homes, homeschool
1: homeschool parents, reach out to us. Let us know how that whole thing works because yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by that as well. So Charlie, this this kid had a rough time, man. But Charlie also added that he slept in the den of his father's home. On, 13, on the 1300 block of Nicolette Place in Lafayette Park from November 2011, so as soon as he got there, basically, until October 2013. Damn. After that, he said he slept on the couch. He said, basically, I got in trouble, and part of my punishment was to lay down on the couch. He said, after that, that was where I slept from then on. He slept in a basement for two years? Was in a den. In a den, oh, okay. But on a couch, on a couch in a den. But I think they had a bedroom for him. That's crazy. But they were like, no, you weren't punished. And then just forever punishment, fucking his whole back up, and then wanting to get up and do workouts, <laughs> back on fire. That's crazy. You ever get a bad night's sleep and you think you you're gonna go to work out tomorrow? And he not eating, he not eating like he's supposed to. They feeding them dry cereal and protein shakes. I do not think you're drink. supposed to drink protein shakes as a, as a kid. You need nourishment, man. Yeah, you gotta make some fruit snacks. Some. All right, drinking whey protein at uh, 12. <laughs> twelve years old. <laughs> Creatine, and yeah. all <laughs> just like fucking yoked. Your delts are looking crazy. They, 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 what is crazy? I'll get to it. But then, because the defense, the defensive strategy was to paint the kid out to be a liar. Mm. So they were like, "You took a lot of photos of yourself, like posing and stuff." He was like, "I mean, I liked how I looked from working out. Yeah, I just I didn't like working out. Right? I mean, I'm sure, but you shouldn't have like defined abs and biceps at a twelve. You're supposed to have like a bird chest. Most in shape kids. To the ladies out there listening, you know this. Cause I wasn't this kid, I had a little Buddha belly. But the kid, the kids that girls, except for one kid that we know, but he went to jail. But uh, at that sixth grade, fifth grade, the the jacked boys in school just had bare chests. They were just skinny, yeah, and could run a uh, run a lot. They had yeah. a lot of endurance. But there's no jacked kids, and all like if a girl was like, oh my god, he's so buff. If you t- could go back in time and see a picture of that kid that the girls thought was buff in school, he would look sick he just was a skinny kid mm-hmm. so but this kid's like got a bicep bulges and abs because dad was fucking tr- going hard on him like a maniac
4: yeah
1: i supposed to have defined muscles at 11 so charlie recalled another punishment he named reaching for excellence where he was told to stand in a corner with his arms in the air until he was allowed to stop probably put some books on his knees it's like a wall sit basically like a um, reaching for excellence. Oh, uh, I he get just,
2: it. He just his arms just in the air. Yeah, because he's reaching for excellence. Yeah, yeah. But he's supposed to. What is that? What muscles? The shoulder muscles? Quads. Wall sits, man. They're wall sits. Oh, I thought he was just standing with his no arms.
1: lean up against the wall. Probably squat down. Keep your hands up. Oh. And it's working your arms because you keep your hands and arms up in the so air. They supposed to put them out though in front of you. I never seen them. Up. This dude's an idiot, man. Charles, his dad's an idiot, and he's not in the best shape. He doesn't know how to do the workouts. He's like uh ah, just making it up. I call this one Reach for Excellence. <laughs> Put your arms up in the air and just keep them there until I said stop. That's what he's dealing with. And he has to go along with just it. Just making this shit up on the go. Yeah. He also detailed a daily exercise routine that began with a protein shake at 5 a.m. kids up at 5 a.m. A protein shake at 5 a.m. and included up to four hours of workouts ordered by his father. Four hours? Four hours, man. Four hours. Damn. You, once you're. After forty five minutes in the gym, you can call it a day. Yeah, you're doing. You're just overworking your muscles at this point. Yes. Four hours is crazy. That's, what are you talking about? No, I want them to be extra worked out. <laughs> they
2: gotta go to, you gotta do homeschool and then wake up at six in the morning again to do. That's wild. So can man. we have
1: some bacon or something this morning? <laughs> no. Nah. protein shake. Reach for excellence and. Uh, I'm going to teach you who Thomas Edison is for the 16th time. We're going to go over that chapter of the book again. I already read it and highlighted all this shit. <laughs> you're going to commit it to memory. You're going to be a doctor someday. How? Yeah. We never learned about biology. We're not learning about anything other than U.S. history and, and English. I, what is Charles Dickens? How is that going to help me know how to be a doctor? Just go in there and read it, the, t- the Tales of Two Cities and you're going to be a doctor. It's like right. dealing with you're a madman. <laughs> No, you're gonna be an epidemiologist. How? What am I reading? How what are you teaching me to, to be this? No, you go in there, you read The Great Gatsby, Yeah go out there and you do a thousand push-ups, and then you're gonna be deliver some babies. I want, I want 20 Reach
2: for Excellence right now. Yes. <laughs> We're
1: gonna do 45 minutes of reaching for excellence. <laughs> what the fuck is going on, man? This is this is terrible. I don't mean to laugh, but like, this is crazy. This is a madman. This is a sick dude, man. He's just like. Just acting out as crazy as like, oh, I wish my parents would have pushed me like this. No, no you don't. Yeah. They didn't. <laughs> Why are you putting this on your kid? That's fucked up, man. It's terribly fucked up, man. Got to get up at 6 a.m.? 5. 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. protein shake. First thing in the morning. No fucking smiley face pancakes. No Eggo waffles. Some shit a kid's supposed to get at 11, 12 years old. Right. A protein shake. With probably crack an egg in it. Raw.
0: <laughs> yeah. What the fuck now is just this, Just to be man? clear, I'm
1: laughing at how...
2: Yeah, Ridic- it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Some, it's I'm not it's, laughing at
1: the kid having to get through workouts. I'm yeah. laughing at this idiot of a person being like, no, I'm going to push him into being Ben Carson. That's what <laughs> I mean. That's I'm guessing that's what he was hoping for. Yeah. But you know what Ben Carson did? Probably read went, some books. Went on to like school. Went to medical school, <laughs> school. Probably learned actual other things other than English. And You don't have to work out. No. To be a, do- <laughs> to be a <laughs> doctor. But, that, but, it doesn't have to do with anything. <laughs> no, I want my kid to like be sexy. I want him to be a sexy doctor. That was his dream for that's his mean, child. That's, that's weird. weird. That's it's so incredibly weird. weird. Yeah. I want him to be a sexy doctor. All right, man. man. Like, like I should have been. That's when you start digging deep. It's like, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. I got you now. Yep. Got you. Okay. This is some weird living through your kid type, type of thing. Got you. So the boy's father would beat him if he did not complete the exercises or his school assignments. He often was forced to continue working out after the beatings. According to Charlie, all this is according to Charlie and his deposition. The defensive strategy, this is where I get into like I need to tell all sides of the story. So and this is where I get into like the confusion and the unclear, unclearness and all that stuff. So the defensive strategy was to paint Charlie out to be a liar and a manipulator who simply was tired of his father's workout routines and being disciplined. They accused him of fabricating the entire disappearance in hopes of being sent back to live with his mom. They also accused him of previously trying to be sent back to his mom's house while washing the family's dishes with bleach in hopes of getting his father, his stepmother, and his younger autistic brother sick. This was used the the proof of this was a note that Charlie wrote saying, mm-hmm. "I washed the dishes with bleach to make you guys sick." Charlie said, "My stepmother made me write that." That makes sense to me because he could have just been a dumb 11-year-old kid that was like, "I don't know, we ran out of dish soap." So I used bleach. Yeah, and then she found that she could smell the bleach, and she goes, "You tried to? Why would you like? You know, scolding him? Mm-hmm. Why would you wash the dishes with bleach? You could make us sick. Yeah, go write a note a thousand times. You know that kind of shit. Yeah, I made I wash the dishes with bleach to make you guys sick. It's like he said; those were her words. She told me to write that. Now here's my pushback on the other part of the defense. Not pushback, but like I kind of see where they were going. Mm. If Charles V I'm talking about fucking Kings or something. If Charles the, I'm sorry, if Charles the fourth was abusing his child, endangering his child, whatever, why would he fabricate that he was missing? I just can't, I -hmm. can't find the logic in that. Mm -hmm. Cause if they find him, why wouldn't he say like, oh, they've been abusing me. You know, why would you call national attention to your son being missing? If you know, he's there. Yeah. What's the end game? Some people point to uh the balloon boy thing. That happened back in 2011. The parents said, "Oh, my son, he's in a balloon that guy went up in the sky." Mm-hmm. You remember balloon boy? No. Yeah, they said the dad was like, "Oh, there's like a balloon, like a hot air balloon is in the sky. He's in it." The kid was in the shed. It was just bullshit. They wanted attention. Mm-hmm. So people say this dude's a megalomaniac, he doesn't he feels inadequate. He wanted attention. That's the argument. But I go, this kind of attention though? I don't know. Like it just is I don't get it. I just don't. I don't see the end game if it was, if it was, he put him there. Now, if the stepmom put him there and he didn't know, that's a different thing. But the FBI checked the basement. So it's like, now here's the, here's the other crazy part. So there's a back door in the basement because all the townhouses are connected and Mm -hmm. you can go out of the back door and that's where they put the trash. Mm -hmm. There's a camera there. The FBI said, we checked those cameras. The last time anybody came out of that back door was the day Charlie went missing. He took the trash out. Nobody else came out of that door for the rest of the time. So the notion is like, okay, so he didn't sneak out of the back door. So where was he when they were checking the basement? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden on the day, on the, on the 11th day, they go down and check and he pops out. Maybe he wasn't there when they were checking the other times. Right. I don't. But then, so somebody's lying. But it's like, okay, who's he lying? Ran he ran away and came back. or he, Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. he's like, so that's why they're saying like he made this up so he could get sent back home. And I'm like. I don't blame him. I don't. That's my whole thing. Yeah. So my conclusion that I came to, let me go ahead and finish up. Right. So on January 19, 2016, the case was resolved when Charles Bothell IV pleaded guilty to fourth degree child abuse in exchange for the removal of the second degree child abuse charges. He was sentenced to eighteen months of probation and mandatory anger management classes. He also lost cost, he also lost custody of his son for the duration of this time. Let me make that clear: mm-hmm. for the, the the duration of his pen, of his punishment, and he was ordered to have no further contact with him for the duration of his punishment. Monique Dillard Bothel, they also divorced, by the way. Monique and Charles IV they divorced, and he lost his job. Whole life was ruined. Monique. Dillard Bothel reportedly accepted a plea deal earlier as well, uh, but the details of this were not made public. It was also reported that her record would be cleared after six months if she stayed out of legal trouble. So they even expunged the child abuse off of her record. And six months probation, and then it never happened if you don't do anything wrong again. In 2018, mm-hmm. Charles IV attempted to sue Nancy Grace for defamation of character, and I'm not sure how this played out. But this is one of the more unusual stories I've looked into because I just believe a little bit of each side of the story, friend. Mm. You know, it's like they say it's three sides, every it's three sides to every story. It's mm-hmm. your side, their side, and the truth. You're right. I kind of believe that it's possible that Charlie V was being abused and 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 overrun and treated so poorly that he was like, I'm just gonna fucking run away yeah. and hide. And then, and then it got out of control. The FBI shows up. He's like, man, if I come out now, I'm really going to get in trouble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're here. They're looking for me. If they find me, they're going to know that I was hiding. And then this whole thing is blown out of proportion, and I'm going to really get in trouble. So yeah. I'm going to stay hidden. Yeah. Until 11 days in, I've been fucking drinking, hiding, drinking protein shakes, hiding in the walls, eating peanut butter with my finger. And I'm just, I'm tired of this. I've done it for 11 days. And that Charles Fourth was abusive and hitting him with PVC pipe and the stepmother was in on it and they all treated him poorly and had him doing these crazy things out of some twisted idea that they're going to make him a better person. It's like I kind of believe a mixture of all of those things. It's like it, I think it might be an amalgamation of all of those things because why would the father, why would he hide his son and be abusing him and making him sleep in the basement and then call the police and say that his child is missing? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard to believe. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't say it's hard to believe because I've heard some crazy stories. We're just like, oh, I, Munchausen by a proxy, a bunch of crazy things where it's just like I just have no logical reasoning for the things that I'm doing. Yeah. But, but the interview was bullshit. The interview was total bullshit. But I think maybe what happened was he might have realized, oh, he's been hiding from me. And so I can't say, oh, he probably ran away because I beat him. I can't go like, well, Nancy, my son does a 1,000 push-ups a day and an elliptical machine, and yeah. if he doesn't do right, I don't feed him. And we make him sleep on the couch. So you can't, even if you believe that that's like you're pushing your son to be great, you can't say that on national television because you know. Because you know like, oh, this is abuse. So I think what happened was he froze because he couldn't say why his son would be hiding in a basement. Because it's possible that he really didn't know his son was in that basement. hmm But the whole reaction was bullshit. Now, whether it was bullshit because he knew or bullshit because he didn't want to say why his son would run away from home, there might be two separate camps of people that feel the way that they feel. I feel like it's possible that he didn't know his son ran away, that he does abuse his son, that the the stepmom abuses the son, and that the son wanted to go home to his mom. So he tried to run away, maybe told some... Embellishments and some places, and tried to because he just wanted to get out of there because the shit was crazy. Where did he go though? That's the part I don't know. That's the part where I'm like, it's unsatisfying because I tried to look it up. Maybe he could have been hiding, he could have been hiding upstairs, he could have just been hiding around in the walls. Yeah, he could have been, yeah, he could have been like fucking you know, or he could have just been out getting ice cream. Oh shit, they came in. I sneak out of the little secret way. I know how to get out of the house, and I just go. You know, to the candy store until I see the FBI cars leave. Then I sneak back in the house. All of this is possible. My point is that that's why I said at the beginning, like, it might be unsatisfying because I don't don't know what's the truth. I tried to find interviews of uh, Charles V today of him being like, yeah, no, I was lying. Or something. Just something, some definitive answers on what. Mm. And I couldn't find it. Charles IV, the most recent thing I could find was that he tried to sue Nancy Grace in 2018. For an undisclosed amount of money, and I don't know what happened. I'm sure he she probably settled, Mm. just like whatever. Here, here's here's twenty grand. Leave me alone. I'm Nancy Grace. I'm popping. (laughs) You see me. You see my hair. You see the shoulder pads. This is nothing. Yeah. Here, take your little check, broke boy. (laughs) Defamation. Oh, but the but the what they said was the hesitancy or the difficulty in his defamation case against Nancy Grace would have been that he he plead he he pled out. He pled guilty to abusing his son with a PVC pipe. And in his in his report or in his uh lawsuit, that was one of the things she's like, he she called me a run of the mill child abuser. And say, like, But you you pled guilty to hitting your son with a PVC pipe. Yeah. So a lot of people in the in the beginning stages of his lawsuit were like, I don't know how well he'll do because he did plead guilty to abusing his child. So she her calling him a child abuser was that defamation? Because you're guilty of abuse, child abuse. So, I don't know, crazy story, absolutely wild. wild. Yeah, um I don't I don't I, I I wish I had closure for everybody, but I don't know what's the truth. I don't think that this kid is some maniacal plotter who staged this whole elaborate thing and tried to poison his family with bleach so he could get sent home and was hiding from the FBI and was able to elude them. I think that these were the if this if this kid was lying or hiding, I mean, or, and maybe fabricated some stuff I don't know He was doing it because he was scared to live with his father And that's not the same thing as like I don't want to be here anymore And so I'm going to gone girl my dad I don't believe that his his yeah. son is just like Oh I'm going to make up this whole thing I'm going to pretend to be dead so he'll get yeah. in trouble And then I'll get to go home and be home with my, with my, with my mom I think it was a, the desperate acts of a kid Who was tired of being abused Yeah. But it's also possible That some stuff got made up So that's th- those are the answers that I have um, really sorry, but yeah, that was the story of Charles Bothell the Fifth and Charles Bothell the Fourth, and uh, yeah, man, fucking crazy story. It had some um, remnants of Gabriel Fernandez. If I said this, if I if I if that's not the proper name, I'm sorry. But there's a Netflix documentary about a kid who you know Child Protective Services kept coming out, and yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he eventually was abused to death. Yeah, it's crazy that you could do that to your own kid, but. What we're gonna do is we're gonna get into these good vibes. Pick the spirits up.
4: Good vibe, good, good
1: That's right folks. It's time for some good vibes. We're here to lift the spirits up. Before I get into the good vibes, um we're in kind of we're in kind of a limbo time. This episode is out before 9-11 and the next episode will be out after 9-11. So I just wanted to uh, give a very incredible and special thank you to all the veterans who've been fighting in the war in Afghanistan, who we lost in the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, all those incredible fire department workers and um, emergency response people who we lost on 9-11 and the people who lost their lives um, in Flight 93 and the other flights that crashed into the Twin Towers. It was an incredibly horrendous day. That should never be forgotten. But what also should not be forgotten is that this country sent a lot of people's kids to die in a war that they could not justify. And now that's over. And there was no headway made. And a lot of people feel empty that they had brothers and sisters that gave up their life for a war that didn't really have any real direction. And now it's just kind of over. So something to think about. And uh, on 9-11, maybe just... Keep that in your heart and keep that in your thoughts And you know But anyway let's pick things up Fran my uh, good vibe story is actually about A a, a video that went viral This restaurant decided to make uh, This woman who doesn't have her sight Make her birthday extra special And happy because What they did was they made her A very special uh, after dinner dessert Creating natal Felicate Oh oh, Jesus felicitations In warm liquid cocoa was nothing new at London's Luciano by Gino. This is so expensive. I This this whole this whole sentence is expensive. By Luciano Gino De, De, Campo, De Campo restaurant. But for the birthday girl, Nata, uh, Natalie, pa, who was totally blind, the best wishes were spelled out in Braille. What gave the message an even greater meaning was that there was no advanced planning involved. When the restaurant crew learned uh, the dinner Taypa was sharing with a friend Claire Sarah was a birthday Celebration they took it upon themselves To find and recreate the braille Translation that summed up the, Their best wishes in well Chilled chocolate mm. Taypa could barely believe her fingerprints As she traced over the, over the Raised confectionery dots She said my mind was blank for a Second and then I was like Is this braille? I've never had anything like this happen before it was wild. They really went above and beyond. Dinner companion Sarah recorded Tepa's delighted reaction, posted the jubilant footage to TikTok, and it went viral. I saw it. It was a beautiful feelings, emotional, all that kind of stuff. While restaurant manager Giovanni Gallucci maintains that the impromptu gesture was simply part of the customer service they strive to extend to all of their patrons, clocking in with, the, with close to 16 million views to date, Damn. the internet judged the extraordinary act of kindness as extra special. As Taipa told today, the fact that people have responded so much and so well to it just shows how much the world needs kindness right now, how much the world needs a message of hope, needs to see people doing things and going above and beyond for each other. The viral caption reads, true kindness still exists. That's what the video was captioned. To paraphrase Eminem's iconic tagline, that's one message that's sure to melt in your hearts and not in your hands so uh shout out to nice yeah <laughs> shout out to judy cole who wrote that message and shout out to the lovely patrons of that restaurant and shout out to that restaurant luciano's man in london fantastic feel good story yeah it's great
2: um so my good vibe this week is uh a pregnant uh, afghan woman who boarded a u.s evacuation aircraft gave birth in the plane mm, and the baby girl was named reach Oh, after, wow. the seven, after the seventh, after the C seventeen that flew the family and hundreds of other people out of the Middle East for safety, medical support personnel from the eighty six medical group met the Afghan woman aboard Reach eight two eight moments after she delivered the child in the aircraft upon landing um, in, Ramst- in Ramstein Air Base in Germany. The mother went to the mother went into labor on the flight and began experiencing complications due to the low blood pressure. So the aircraft commander made the decision to descend an altitude to increase air pressure, air pressure in the aircraft, which helped stabilize the mother and perhaps save her life. Wow! Just great, great, great move by the um, uh, the pilots. Staff. Pilots, yeah. yeah. Upon landing, airmen from the 86 MDG came aboard and delivered the child in the cargo bay of the aircraft. The baby girl and mother were transported to a nearby medical facility. And are in good condition. Beautiful. So reach, reach. Yep, I like um, that. So that was that was dope. So congratulations to that woman and her family and healthy baby, health in a, in a successful pregnancy. So,
1: yes, and escaping Always. absolutely a terrible yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. Yep. So yeah, good good news all around for them. Yeah, uh, friend, I had made a. I alluded to a, 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 a podcast uh, turmoil type of situation earlier on mm-hmm. in the episode, and so I wanted to. Reach back on that and let people know what I was talking about. So I don't know these people. I've never heard of this podcast, but I do I listen to a podcast formerly called Bloodbath. Mm-hmm. It's now called Trash Tuesday. Okay. It's it's got uh Kalila, Bobby Lee's girlfriend, mm-hmm. but she's also she's just funny. Annie Letterman, a comedian, and uh Esther Pravitzky is her name. She's also a comedian, she's funny. They're all funny women. They were their original name was Bloodbath mm-hmm. there were two girls who had a podcast that a low level like nobody it was like a beginner podcast, mm-hmm. right? They felt like they had ownership over the name. And they and they had like a common law okay a common law uh trademark or whatever yeah. on the name Bloodbath, which is Well, after like a certain many years of them. Well, they had started the podcast in 2020. Oh, they okay. just were like, We were oh. we are the first bloodbath podcast. Gotcha. Which Bloodbath is a completely ununique an unoriginal name. Yeah. It's it's it would be like it would be like if I started a podcast called Food Fest and I found that there were five more Food Fests. Yeah. It's just a word people say, you know. So anyway, um they sent the cease and desist to these girls. They, you know, they they were like basically changed the name because mm-hmm. we were Bloodbath first. So who who did this, I'm sorry? The fir- the fir- the low level. Got you. The okay. people who they had no audience whatever. Right. But they believed like we are going to be something someday. So mm-hmm. we don't want some other podcast having our name right. before we're able to take off, which right. I understood mm-hmm. discoverability. People will Google bloodbath. They're going to see the bigger podcast first. Yeah. Right. Because they got bigger name because they have a bigger name. Yeah. So I understood that it's now spiraled into this whole thing. It's been like a year process. They changed the name to trash Tuesday, which they didn't want to do, but they didn't say anything. So the the, low level podcast. The, podcast. No, the, the big podcast. Okay. They changed Kalilah gotcha. and Annie and okay. they changed their name. Gotcha. But they never said like, why? So the girls were like still messaging them. Mm-hmm. Hey, so we saw you we saw that you never said why you changed the name. They kind of what they did was they were right legally. Mm-hmm. Cuz they had the name first and they had the common law tr- all that stuff was legal, I guess. I just don't think it was a very original name for you to go through all this about. Yeah. If there was another affirmative murder, I would be like we're going to sue them. Yeah. But if your if your podcast is called like Gold Rush, It's just a word that exists. It's just you can't own it. Yeah. Right. So they kind of lost me with how far they can. And they kept messaging the producer like, hey, well, we know that you guys are going to do merch. So how about you do bloodbath merch and we'll let you lease out the name bloodbath from us since we own it. And then we'll get 40 percent of your merch that you do. But you can do bloodbath for your listeners. They can have it. Mm -hmm. They just kept like asking for more stuff. Yeah. Right. And but they changed the name, though. But they changed the name. So they should have quit while they were ahead. Yeah. We got it. We did it. But they didn't get a public apology. They did, They They went, just. They just they they changed it, but it. they didn't say why they changed it. Okay. Which is like- They want to publicity. If you just wanted the name change, they changed the name. And this is my understanding of the thing. My whole point of this is I'll get to my point of why okay. I'm saying this, right? So what happened was Annie, one of the girls on the podcast, mm-hmm. the big podcast, mm-hmm. she blew up this past Tuesday. Said the whole thing. These girls, they do this, that. It's a true crime podcast too. So she flipped it into like, and it is like it's a distasteful name to call your true crime podcast Bloodbath. Right. But my point is, they poked the bear. Mm -hmm. The bear bit back. And now they are being eviscerated. Their Apple Podcast reviews are down to like 1.5. It's just a mess. I've been I mean they every one star, everything's trash, quit. Your podcast sucks. And so I am I just want to say, like, if there's anybody who's listening to this who knows them or or is a fan of their podcast, reach out to them and just check on their mental health and their mental well-being. Because while I don't agree with all the steps that they chose to take and I probably wouldn't have poked a podcast that's bigger than me that has an audience that they could, like, turn on me at any point. And I'm not saying that's what they did because so, they the whole time they were saying, like, guys... Don't leave them negative reviews, but this has been happening for a year. We've been dealing with legal litigation with these people over a name that's, like, is a common use all the time. But we're done not saying anything, so we're going to say something today. But don't bully them. But that's what's happening. It yeah. happened. Like, of course, that's what happened, right? Damn. What were you going to say? No, I was
2: just trying to clear up. So they just kept – they just wanted They wanted them to, to see the reason why they changed their name. Yes, they also said you can either lease it or you
1: can buy it for 100000 dollars Oh shit. <laughs> just like,
2: and they just kept they kept asking them over like for like. But they just stuff.
1: kept asking for new things. New stuff. Oh, okay. We changed the name. They're like, we're not giving them 100000 yeah, dollars So we'll name? change the name. Okay, yeah. well, we, we still are watching you and we saw that you were talking about doing merchandise. I know your fans loved being bloodbath. How about you lease bloodbath from us for a merch a one time merch thing, and we'll split the the profits from yeah. the merch 60 40 or whatever, right? Where it's like, who the fuck? If I'm them, I'm like, who the fuck are you? But no, that's how that's how they they felt. I'm assuming, and it just kept building and building and building. Yeah. So and then finally, this what happened over the last week. And I'm you know, I'm this is deep podcast stuff. People that's, might but, not have any interest. Yeah, in Yeah, but, but that just sounds like they got
2: they overplayed their they, hand. They, they wanted their name. They got mm-hmm. their name, and it was like, let's see, if we can get yeah, some money. Yeah. See out if of
1: we this. can get a little something else. Yeah. Well. So they overplayed their hand. Yeah. I'm not saying that like. I agree with anything that they did, but what I don't agree with is here's the thing about podcasting, right? this is a little advice for anybody listening that wants to do a podcast, if you're looking to make money and that's like the main reason you start a podcast, you're not going to, your podcast isn't going to succeed. In my opinion, I could Mm -hmm. be wrong. There might be successful people out there that tell you differently. Like, yeah, you should do everything like a business, but I don't, I think that you need to like doing it. You should, that's one, that's number one. You should like doing it. And then, Then have a business mind state. But if you start a podcast with the intention of making money, you're probably not going to make money doing it. So it feels like that's what they did. Mm -hmm. And then they saw an opportunity to make a little bit of money possibly, Mm -hmm. and they overplayed their hand. Yeah, That's what I feel like it happened. And if they want to reach out to me, I'll have them on the podcast. We can do an interview. I I would love to get their full side and let them get their feelings out there because I don't like... How it played out because here's what normally happens in podcasting world. I've talked to a ton of people who have come and gone. Work got too busy. Podcast nobody listens to it. It's not taking off. Fuck it, I quit. Yeah, that's how most podcasts end. Yeah, these girls don't seem like they had planned on ending their podcast, but it is ended. Dang. They've been. I mean, they can keep doing it. Yeah, but they've been relegated so far the into obscurity. In the yeah, they'll never recover from yeah. it. Yeah. Anytime they any mar- marginal success they ever have the blood ba- or the trash tuesday people anybody who's found out they'll come back yeah. and dog pile on them some more they're money grabbers they tried to sue people over and they're trash they're awful people so they'll never be able to recover from this in my opinion yeah and that's not that's not a cool way for somebody's dream to get crushed cuz there was a dream of theirs if you start a podcast it's a dream of yours you want to mm-hmm. do you want to talk on a microphone you want to have a show whatever it is it's some kind of dream and most dreams, I feel like they should die out by the people. They shouldn't be stomped out. Yeah. There's something, there's something nasty about that to me, and that's why I wanted to say something because it's just something, something about your dream being stomped out that just it doesn't sit right with me, and that's what happened. Now I don't blame Annie and Esther and Kalila because I do feel like they kept their mouth shut for. I didn't know for a long. I listened to the podcast. I like it. It's funny, mm. but for a long time I was like, why would you change the name to Trash Tuesday? That's yeah. like not a good name. And they never said anything for months and months and months. But in the background, they're getting these messages that are making them even more yeah. mad and pissing them off. And the the uh, in their mind, I'm sure they're like, the audacity, like who right. we changed it. Why are you yeah. still even messaging? Why are we still That's even like, Should've co- been over communicating It should have been them. over, yeah. And it boiled over, and then boom, they did a five minute rant. Mm. And now these girl but it's for me, it's like they could have done that at any point. Yeah. So they really saved them a ton of times. But they can't control what the fans do. Even if you say they don't hey, don't do that. They're gonna do it. They're anyway. gonna do it anyway. Yeah. So that's why I say I don't blame them, but it still happened. Yeah. And that sucks. Because again, like I said, I don't agree with all the things that they did, even though technically and legally they were the bloodbath before they were. Mm-hmm. That's correct. But they changed the name and you, you you kept trying to put your hand in the cookie jar. But they couldn't have known though.
2: No. Who? When, before they tra- changed it to Trash Tuesdays or whatever. They
1: couldn't have known that, that the name existed? Yeah. They might have. They might have gone, This is a true crime podcast. We're just a comedy podcast. We can both exist. Yeah. But it's easy for you to say that when you know you're the bigger one. Yeah. Well, you do, you do search a name. Yeah. I'm, yes, sure yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they did go, I'm sure they saw it and went, oh, It's true crime. 40, 40, uh, 40 reviews. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, well, yeah. Whatever. That's a little
2: dickish, but you know.
1: As it is. <laughs> I'm not saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't do anything wrong. Right. But my point is, for it to play out how it played out, I'm just concerned of about yeah, those two up. girls' mental health because yeah. there's a bunch of people being like, "You suck. You're not funny." People get that harsh lot, in those. Bro. People get harsh in those um, Apple Apple Podcast section review for the reviews. People say some really mean things. Yeah, and
2: and that's why I tried to uh, put out there when that, that shit that went down a while ago. Uh huh. Them comments. Them shit.
1: You can go. I don't care what people think, but sometimes sure. that shit. No, it, it hits hit you. Because sometimes yeah, somebody yeah. will say something that really makes you think internally right. about if they're right yeah. or if, yeah. if that Absolutely. is true or anything yeah. like that. And so these girls are experiencing a huge wave of that. And I don't want anybody to yeah. you know hurt themselves or feel bad or any, anything like that. So, And again, I don't know them. I'm not going to reach out to them when they're fucking. I don't know them. I'm not going to introduce right. myself now. Like, hey, I feel bad for you. So yeah. keep your chin up. So if there's anybody that listens to this podcast that also listens to bloodbath is the name of the podcast. If you also listen to bloodbath, reach out to those girls and just, you know, give them a kind word. It can't be fun, especially because they were under the impression that this is going to be our business. We're going to build our empire. We're going to be the next, my favorite murder. We're going to be a huge podcast. And we just need to get over this hill of these other podcasters have our name. It was all done in the spirit of like, we're trying to build something, yeah, and we don't want you guys in our way. And now that dream is dead, you know. And it's not technically, I guess, because they can still keep podcasting. Nobody can stop them from podcasting. Make a name, just start over again. I probably would have done that from the beginning. Yeah, if I saw like a bigger podcast, if that was my concern, me personally, I would have. Especially if you just begin it, just just get a new name. just make a new name. Yeah, don't don't commit to anything. Don't spend a bunch of money trying to trademark or sue or get lawyers involved. Just make a new name. It's it's that simple. Also, I wouldn't have tried to trademark something that's so common law. It's it's so common so common use. Like, trademark something original. And then if it's original, if the name of the podcast was, I don't know the names, but let's say the name was like Jacqueline and Ashley's True Crime Adventure. And then you found two other people with that exact same name, then do something. Yeah. But you know, Beer Fest. You're not the first one. It's just people say it all the time. Yeah. You're not. The, it's not original. But I'm not here to keep shitting on them. They're going through enough of that. Um, yeah, man. But Bloodbath, if 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 uh, if anybody listening to this knows them or anything like that, let them know that there's people out there who saw what happened and feel bad and it's a rough go and that's tough. Prayers to them and hope that they're feeling fine mentally because I know what it's like, what those comments can do to people. Yeah. So prayers to them. Fran, before yes. we get out of here. Mm-hmm. No, there's no beating around the bush about new shows or anything like that. <laughs> we are watching a show, yeah. And you watched a couple episodes. First yeah. of all, clap it up for you because yeah, I'm very. You texted me on that Monday, <laughs> and we're like, "Hey, man, I'm like a couple in. Where are you on?" Yeah. So, Fran, I would love for you to let people know what are your thoughts on Nine Perfect Strangers. If you have anything you want to throw my way, that's cool too. But if, yeah. I, if we could also just, what are your thoughts? And we could leave it at that. What are you thinking so far? First of all, where are you? Um, I'm caught up. What do you mean? I'm waiting for the next episode. Like you're on like nine or something? Because it, it has to be released, right? Yeah, but like what episode are you on? I'm only on four. Oh, shit. So you passed me. I'm going to pass you then. Oh, you've been grinding. Yeah, See, I took up a hold on it because oh, I didn't know. Should, I, thought, I thought we was going to watch it up until uh, th- before the ne- the new one comes. out. I thought we, you were going to tell me oh, my bad. I caught up to you because you said slow down. Yeah. I was bad. like, all right, well, let me know when you get to four and then whatever. Yeah. So now you're way past me. Yeah. Well, don't without spoilers, Okay. what do you think of the show? I think it's great, man.
2: I'd like the show. I think my favorite character is maybe um uh uh what's her name? Cam uh Cam Camro. Camro? Is that the leader? Oh, Car- Carmel. Carmel's her name.
1: Oh Regina the Hall. the guy's white? Oh Regina Hall. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, she's yeah. funny, she's I funny. I think I think she's my favorite character. My favorite character. I think he I think she's great. I think that um Melvin Gregg is great. That dude's journey is really cool. the dude who's the husband who uh got lottery money. Oh yeah, 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 he was a like a tick. He tick, was like a uh, vine. Instagram he was like a vine. Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was on. He's on. Uh, Snowfall. He's really oh, transitioning into Real? like a, a legitimate career. Yeah, I'm really happy for that yeah. guy. But yeah, no, I think it's. A, I like the show. You know what's funny? I've recommended so many better shows <laughs> to you than, than, that? than this. So many better I shows. I've like been show. like, yo, this show. I've said it and meant it a lot of times. I like Nine Perfect Strangers. This is a cool show. Yeah. It's not one of the best shows I've ever seen. And it's definitely not one of the best shows I've ever recommended to you. Yeah. And that's that's hilarious to me. You're like, I really like this show. I'm like, then you love the shit. The shit I really like? You love the shit I really recommend to you. But anyway, yeah. So Nine Perfect Strangers, man. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Again, I've watched so many better shows than the show. Give me another show. Snowfall. Just watch it. Just watch it, man. It's one of the best shows on television. All right. It's so good. How far? It's so much better far, than deep Nine Perfect Strangers. Now? I think season five just ended. Shit. All right. It's so good. It's, right. so, it's such a good show. It's so much better than Nine Perfect Strangers. It's like such a good show. So yeah, All watch right. Snowfall, man. Watch. It's so good. Yeah. You like Nine Perfect Strangers, you're going to love Snowfall. Violent. Educational. <laughs> about right. fucking drug cartels and shit. Great show. Great show. Talking about CIA bringing cocaine into the country. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.